This is Pull Request After Dark. Pull Request After Dark is a different type of technology podcast where we still talk about everything in and related to technology. With me is Chris Grabowski. Hello. And Tyler Dinner. Hey there. This week's episode, Hot for Coders. Mm, yeah. All right. How? How, baby? How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Sip here with a. I think I think I'm going deaf. Tall bottle of Courvoisier. <laughs> I think I really think I'm going deaf because this music, the volume that we like, always keep the show at. It's not, it's not doing it for me anymore. Yeah, Maybe what's, you... what's deafening you is just your shouting. <laughs> oh, is that it? You know, you think I shout a lot in a high-pitched voice. You should have been there for Wolfpack last night with Theo Katzman. What? You didn't go to, like, a loud, overstimulating concert without earplugs last night, did you? Oh, no, of course not. I went to a medium-stimulating concert without earplugs <laughs> last night. Because I forgot to bring them. I only have 80 million earplugs here. Because every time I go to a show, I forget to bring them, and then I have to buy them on the spot. And then you said, oh, every deli in Bed-Stuy has earplugs for... Every like, belly in New York has here. them. Yeah, and then you were wrong. Apparently not Bed-Stuy. No. You guys are in Crown Heights, not Bed-Stuy. We walk through Bed-Stuy to get to Crown Heights. If you walk to Crown Heights, how do you... How do you go? Uh, you From call here. Lyft because we would walk through Bed-Stuy. We did. Eric decided we should walk five and a half miles to the theater. We actually ended up walking eight miles round trip. I think it was actually closer to nine by the time we got back home. Wonderful. That's great. It's great exercise. And who did we see last night? We saw this band. Wolfpack. People whose music we liberally use, hoping to ask them for forgiveness in the future, should they be so kind to let us use it. No, we have copyright payments to pay them. We don't make any money, so there's no money to give them. This is true. If there's a percentage-wise thing, then... Yeah, they can have 10% of the zero dollars that we make. <laughs> That's actually too much money. We'll give them a, a penny and a half. Anyway, moving on. Christian, you, you were invited, but uh, you missed the show. I did. What were you doing? Uh, I had a work event that uh, went into the night. Why don't you tell us about it, if you uh, can? Yeah, sure. Uh, we were uh, celebrating uh, end of summer slash um, wait, you know what? Fall. I forgot. I forgot to introduce the uh, the drummer to the show. That's oh. right. Can we do it? Is it gonna work? I don't think you introduce Is anyone. It actually, gonna work? It's not gonna work. Spotify has has killed me again. Let's ta- let's <clears throat> take two. The drummer for the show. This is not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Oh my god, I hate you, Spotify. Oh, it's muted. Wow. Class act are we this week, huh? That's, uh, try it again. Take three. Okay. Entry. Uh, <laughs> wow. Introducing the drummer for the show Tyler Dinner. Oh, hey. How's it going? Good. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so, uh,. We um we do not necessarily use Spotify on the show. We no, it's not that. It's that we whatever. Anyway, <laughs> this is a throw this one in the garbage. We uh, you can tell we haven't done the show in two weeks, and this is an after dark episode. And Tyler, what do we do on after dark episodes? Um oh man, we uh we turn out the lights and oh we drink, drink, we and do, we swear. Oh we swear. I forgot we about swear. that That's part. That's right because all of the other shows that we do try to be family friendly minus the. Uh, Occasional joke here Gosh, and there. Gosh darn fiddlesticks. Yeah. We try to you keep it within the bounds in. you can say on Mon- the- Monkey flying snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. Oh my god, son of a Sam Squanch. <laughs> yeah, you know, we try to have a try to create a family friendly atmosphere, but not today. Not especially for numbers sixty nine. 
Yeah. Half of me wanted to call this episode nice. <laughs> Number nice. 69. Nice. Nice. But I figured That's we might almost well. as good as my idea as calling it recursive. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I can't. Then I'm not going to explain it to you. Okay. Well, birds and bees, and how do you not get that joke? I don't know, but you know, there is someone that we forgot to introduce, of course, our wonderful studio audience. Yes, give us a hand. <laughs> wonderful, nearly suffocating in their Tupperware container where we keep them during the week and we take them out on Sundays just for us. And it's very nice. Yeah. That's right, a little, bad. a little overzealous there with the audience because it's been a little... In two weeks, Tyler, did you remember to water them during the last two weeks? No, come on. You keep doing this, Tyler. I gave him some beer last weekend I was drinking, and I... Okay, if thirsty. you poured beer on a plant, what would happen? We'd have a really good time. Exactly. It would have a really good time, but then it would die. It'd be like, I'm hydrated. I'm here to party. Let's go. And then it's like, oh, maybe I'm not so hydrated, but I thought I was. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, anyway, it's nice to see you again, our wonderful studio audience, and uh, it's also nice to do the show on a Sunday. Thanks. Where... You, you didn't introduce Christian. Yeah, we did. No, I didn't. I, I, I need no introduction. You need no introduction. You're my cocksucker from another mother. The reason why I have to take Lexapro, Chris Grabowski. <laughs> I don't have my... I feel like I got demoted in the show if he doesn't need an introduction now. <laughs> no, but we want people to forget who he is, even though we can't. No, that's impossible. Yeah, my face is plastered everywhere. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> On the internet, at least. So... Um, yeah, let's put the... Uh... I don't want to know about your amateur porn career. <laughs> Yeah, my, anyway. My, my stage name is uh, Juan Judgment. <laughs> Grab my Owski. Because <laughs> your last name is Grabowski. Oh, wow. Just That's in a... case anyone on the thing didn't get it. Wow. Yeah, okay. Well, so um, why don't we dive into the show? Uh, is it deep enough? I think so. It is 69, after all. Um, with... The Mirai, Mirai, Mirai Botnet, Mirai Botnet that uh, took down a bunch of websites last year. Took down Dine and DNS. Oh, that was the that was the thing behind the Dine outage last year. Uh, it looks like the authors of that botnet are avoiding jail Actually, time. Two years ago, almost now. Twenty-two year old Paraz Shah from New Jersey and Josiah White of Washington, Pennsylvania. I know where that is, where my ex girlfriend is from, and uh, Dalton Norman of Metairie, Louisiana. Each sentenced to five years probation, 2,500 hours of community service in order to pay $127,000 in restitution for the damage caused by their malware. That's it? That doesn't seem like a lot. Christian? Yeah, it doesn't. Cool. They uh, cooperated with the FBI, so... Oh. Uh, yeah. That's why. Uh, the, so the source code release also marked the period in which these three men began using their botnet for more subtle and less noisy criminal money-making schemes including click fraud, a form of online advertising fraud that costs advertisers billions of dollars a year, right? Um, in September, they were hit with a record-breaking DOS, denial of service from tens of thousands of Mirai-infected devices, forcing the site offline for several days. Yeah. Moving on, we're now in the era of hate streams. Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, apparently, a lot of people are getting... I guess stream clicks, Spotify listens and stuff based on, uh, I mean, a lot of this is centered around Eminem's new album and a lot of people said it was really bad. Um, and 
So a lot of people are saying, oh, how bad is that? I, I got to go listen to it. I got to hear it now. And that just works positive for the audience. So it's not like what artist. Kanye did. He made a bunch of, he made a, he said like slavery is a choice right before his new album dropped. Everyone was giving him tons of coverage and now his album was a success. I mean, that, yeah. Kanye is a genius and a gay fish. And he's stylish and crunchy. That's right. None of those things reflect my opinion. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that you've underscored a certain element of humanity is that hate shares always uh, encapsulate more than like sh- than likes. I mean, I remember when we were doing Room That. It's becoming more of a thing now, though, because well, it used to be a bigger investment to buy a whole album because you heard it was bad. That sounds stupid. But now you can just go stream it for free. I... I think it's mostly because I want to see what's causing the outrage. Why am I going to hate it? I just have to see. Like mentioned before the show, there was that Business Insider article that said Harvard study reveals six ways of living a shorter, more depressing life. And then you click on the article and it said Harvard study reveals six ways of living a longer, more satisfying life. Because they knew that you wouldn't click on it unless you were like, oh, how am I going to die now? (laughs) So. Watch out for shady headlines. That's right. Uh... Moving on, a $1 Linux-capable hand-solderable processor. It's an ARM processor, uh, hand-solderable in a TQFP package. What's TQFP? Mmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, built-in male GPU, support for a touch panel, and has support for up to 512 megabytes of DDR3. Wow. If you do it right, this will get you into the territory of a BeagleBone or Raspberry Pi Zero. On a board that's... Whatever form factor you can imagine, because this processor is a dollar. <laughs> it's an all-winner A13, 1 gigahertz ARM Cortex A8. While it's not much, it's a chip that can run Linux in a hands side We said this already. You can do nothing now, or you can rule shit in the 80s. If, if, if you're the type of person who spends all day in the terminal, you might as well just use this one. Or if you have a time machine, yeah. you can take uh, 100 of those back you to can- 1987 and run the world. Yes. You build a time machine out of like a hundred of these. <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah, so that's a hundred bucks. Like Legos. I'll, I'll ha- you don't even use them for the processing it. capability. Let's you go just ahead. Build a hundred of those is still a hundred bucks, Christian. <laughs> what? A hundred of those is only a hundred bucks. I know. Let's go have these. Oh, that's a good idea. We buy them and we use them as poker chips. <laughs> no. no. Come on, you make them different colors, and it's like, Think oh, about I, that. I raise you this, and then I'm using a little processor. Think about it's it. pretty baller. It's a hundred times however many cores a single one of these has. That's a decent amount of concurrent uh, processes. So you... You mine Spice Girls albums with them? You you run an AI that writes Spice Girl albums for you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There no, are, you there DDoS are Eric. bots. DDoS Eric. No, even better than that. Can you, you not, just, uh, please? We <laughs> See, we do this every week. Either Christian does it or you tell him to do it. <laughs> Here's something. Uh, so you know, the new iPhone came out. We'll get to that later in my Apple attack. It comes out next month. You can place orders announced. for it now. Exactly. It was announced. It, it came was out. Described. It came out. There was no turtle Just like this I time. came out. It was discussed. It, it's coming out. It got the world. Okay. Are you going uh, to talk about it later in the show? We are. But uh, here's something about its competitor, the Pixel. Apparently, uh, Google Pixel 2 phones are using power saving mode. Or sorry, uh, are entering power saving mode even though it's turned off. Yep. 
And they, uh, the official Google happen. account said that, hi, some of you have, may have noticed this is happening automatically. It was an internal experiment to test battery saving features that was mistakenly rolled out to more users than intended. We have now rolled battery saver settings back to default. Please configure to your liking. Sorry for the confusion. So Google has the power to override your device settings without you knowing. Uh, yeah, they wrote the, the software. And you want to tell me about Apple? Apple at least doesn't do that crap. Hey, it's an After Dark episode. That shit. Poop. Yeah. We don't even, we're not going to even curse this episode, are we? Probably not. <laughs> we got too used to not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to force it now. Yeah. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Anyone have any dirty words they need to get out? No. No. Um, someone yelled, someone yelled nerd to me as an insult the other day. Nerd. Yeah, it was some nerd. word I'm not going to say. Biker. It was like, oh, a, a bike like move, move it, nerd. Or cyclist. Nerd and why cyclists Nazi. are the work people. Nerd is now something that I mean, girls no. put on their Instagram hashtags to yeah. get attention. I'm not going to deal yeah. with having to be alienated from women when I was a teenager because I was a nerd. Then having then having non-nerdy girls put on thick glasses and call themselves nerds without actually knowing anything about computers or nerd stuff. And then to have someone still use nerd as a pejorative and suck my dick. And that's basically what I yelled back to him. And you can say that this episode. I mean, we can say that on other episodes. To clarify, some cyclists are cool, just as long as they're not the bike Nazis. Like you. You're talking about yourself. Again. No, anyone anyone who rides a bike without wearing compression shorts is cool in my book. Which, don't, if you, if you want to see, uh, I told you, I think I told this last show when I went to go visit my uncle in New Jersey, and don't walk across the GW Bridge at noon on a Sunday because the only people there are in Lycra. All of these 40-year-old men that don't have balls anymore because between the Lycra and the bike seats, they're just gone. <laughs> And they balls. think that they're hot just, shit because they can bike across the GW Bridge into the city Sunday morning, like, in a hundred people. Oh, anyway, you can tell I don't like cyclists. Um, moving on. Oh, wait, so with this, uh, this Pixel phone, what are you, what are, what, what are you, how do you, how does What's this make you feel? What's the deal with Pixel phones? Uh, I have Pixel phone. I know, that's why I'm asking you. How does this make you feel? Did it break I and I don't really up? care, honestly. It's not that big of a deal to me. Why? This is totally like a like a Big Brother kind of thing, isn't it? So, you, you, when you you can't just write this shit off, Christian. When this you is turn a big the, deal. When you turn a, the, the phone on, it ha uh, for the first time it has a whole uh, like what's called um, like on the word um, like li license agreement thing that says, hey, there's going to be telemetry going out to uh, yeah, Google. But you have the option to turn it off, don't you? Not that I mean, like probably. But you do I, on an iPhone at least, and on a you Mac. Probably, you probably do. I haven't bothered. But if you turn off telemetry, that I don't know if that actually is that what's allowing them to change the settings on your phone without you knowing. Yeah. Ugh. Look, dude, my life is on Google Cloud. I I don't know what more you want me to buy an iPhone. You'd be, be surprised. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, great! So I can deal with iCloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hosted. Yeah, on, I don't, that's hosted like, on I don't Google feel like Cloud. in my nudes leaks. <laughs> so you want me to add a wrapper around it? I don't. I don't feel like it in my nudes leaked, so uh, not not. Oh yeah, because the FBI totally doesn't have access to Google Drive. Well, now we know there's nudes, so uh, <laughs> let's see how after dark we can get this episode. Yeah, that's no, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see him. I just. I just. Want I'd like to be able to eat dinner tonight. So. Um, no, but if if Christian has a you know a sex scandal, then the show will get way more popular. Hate clicks. Hello. That's true. Personal someone might. It, someone it, it, may have no wait. No, that's not gonna. It was a joke, but yeah. Uh, that's what Snapchat's for, anyway. Okay. Um, 
Facebook has this new thing called Rosetta, not to be confused with Rosetta Stone, and I feel like Rosetta was also the name for some other technology that was used Actually, on the Mac you're mis- side. You're mispronouncing the Facebook one. It's Rosé TTA. I don't know if he's joking. <laughs> okay. That's a no. <laughs> Sorry, Christian. Um, I'm not joking. You actually are mispronouncing it. Mm-hmm. Is it really rosé TTA? Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, if it was like a whole rosé portion of Facebook, I'd believe that they did that. Ah, that's they what it was. Really Rosetta guessing. was the thing that allows you to run Power PC process, uh, apps on Intel app, on Intel computers. That's what it was. Well, that's a Power PC. It was a processor that is currently used in the Xbox and was used in Apple, Apple computers from 1994 until 2006. Huh. Yeah, that explains. Made by Motorola, which is now owned by Google. Ah, I, I, I mean, I heard the word a million times, but I never was able to understand the distinction. I wasn't a huge. I wasn't it was, a it was the name of the processor that was used. It was called a Power PC processor. Oh, uh, okay. And you see, like, see how my old Macintosh has a Power PC logo right under the CD-ROM drive? Yeah. Right. I used to. I was all about Dell's. I would get the new Dell catalogs, and then dude, me, me and my dad would be like, "Oh, look at oh, look, dude, you're getting a Dell. 800, 800 megabytes of processor speed, dude. That's crazy." I, yeah, I remember uh, for my bar mitzvah when I got a decent amount of money that my parents later spent. I wanted to buy a computer, and I, I can't, I can't believe the computer I was lusting at at the time, which was in December of two thousand. For three thousand dollars, you can get a one gigahertz Pentium three uh, Dell. Uh, I remember, for, I remember with, like, seeing that with like 256 megabytes. Of I had the catalog. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Wow, they hit a gig. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Did, were, were they going to do a thousand megabytes or are they so, going to do 1.0 gig? Oh my god. Okay, well, to bring it back to Facebook's Rosetta, uh, it's a way of identifying and then moderating text in memes and other images that are uploaded to Facebook, because. Facebook wants to use their carbon footprint and their massive computing power to make sure that people don't get offended. Wait, they do what? One more time. They are examining memes with mm-hmm. optical character recognition, OCR, and then they're analyzing the speech in that they've deciphered from the meme to determine if it's hate speech or not. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. Also remember the EU banned oh. memes. Oh wow. So the implications of writing that algorithm sounds terrible. Well, oh, I, Facebook I did, is I did probably OCR spending... pretty early in my career. It's it's it is complex, but super interesting. Yeah, but you, you have to. But they already memes. have language you models. Analyze pictures of they words already to make sure have, they weren't racist. They already have well, language that's where, models. That's where machine learning. The machine Hello. learning part is. They what, already what have language that. models to filter the text through. All they need to do is get the text out of the images and filter it through their existing yeah, system. And the OCR part's not that hard. Yeah, they've been library tagging for a long stuff. Time. Yeah, like, it's it's basically you create a grid into like the smallest units possible, and then you do a sweep of the grid to identify what a letter is. But you have to keep rotating it for text. That's at a different. No, the, the sweep, you, so you uh, think of it as like you have a radius within the image, and then you rotate that radius across the image to identify, and then you just keep on doing this with a smaller and smaller grid until you can identify a single unit of uh, a character. Now, how? Now that's that sounds like it's pretty expensive. The amount I of scale like, that Facebook's yeah. doing on this, the amount of scale that Facebook's doing this. Oh, this, this is only. The, I mean, they might be doing some other uh, approach. This was the one that we ended up implementing. A bunch of twenty-something-year-olds uh, working out of Long Island. That's what this sounds like. Uh, we perform text extraction on an image in two independent steps detection and recognition the first step detect rectangular regions that potentially can contain text in the te- in the second step perform text recognition now you know that because i you know that they're going to run all the most popular memes through this thing to train it to make sure that it can identify all of that crap so soon your meme your meme may get you banned from facebook uh here's something 
slightly less depressing. There's an IDE based on MS Paint. That's pretty damn depressing. It looks, but it's not the MS Paint from Windows 95. It's a newer MS Paint from Windows 7 and 10. And 8. 8, 7, That's 8, and 10. excruciatingly depressing. Yes. MS Paint IDE is a program that can read a, law, a normal image file saved with MS Paint and can then translate it to text with the ability to highlight the text in the image, parse the code, compile it, and execute it. So I'm <laughs> supposed to get paid to write code and do that? I have no idea. So you use the text tool to type code into MS Paint, and they basically, what, OCR it into the actual code again? What? And then you, wow. Class file output, compile jar output, letter directory, compiler out, yeah. Mm. Very interesting. It's at ms-paint-i.de. Get it? Yeah, I'll run that by my boss tomorrow. Sure. It'll be a way for you to spend so much more time doing exactly the same thing. Uh, and I believe our last story on the top. This box won't change colors. The under the uh, the underhorror for the week, Tyler, yeah. is this stroke e. How do you say this? I don't even know how to say this. E slash e slash. Leaving Apple and Google. E first beta is here. That's it. That's the name. Slash e slash. That is worse than an underscore because underscores mean things. This means backslash. Fuck all. E backslash. Forward slash. It's slashy no, this, slash. This means more slashy than slash. This means more slashy slash. slash. This means more there than underscores. This means more than underscores actually. Slashy the, slash. Slash actually is meant to represent a particular partition of sorts. What is slashy slash? What does that mean? So it's e slashy inside. slash. Uh, think of it like uh, how you have like slashy. That's like slash r for Reddit. Yeah, that's exactly how you think about it. But that's because it's, you're requesting something from a URL. That's why it's slash r. This is a well. Name. Where do you think those uh, HTTP routes came from? The idea was from from files. Where do you think that the file path thing came from? The idea of having a logical partition separate from its uh, the rest of its context. I can't believe you're defending this garbage. I will gladly defend this over an underscore any day. Right. Just wait. That's it. That's the only reason why he's taking the side. Because it's not. Because it's yeah. Because he just can't. He can't, he can't somehow accept. It's not that an underscore. I'm gonna fight an underscore. hell for it. Okay. Us are two evils. Yeah, but it's a exactly. it's a way of getting outside of the Apple and Google sphere, and it's a it's uh it's a whole environment. It's a mobile operating system. You can see it here. It looks like a standard smartphone thing also i found out there's Wait, another so what, it's an operating system yeah you're showing that picture that looks just like that, ios that looks from android. three years ago this looks like android it looks like ios this menu bar is okay the android. top but, but those icons are ios with the green phone yeah there's, yeah the icons are a thousand and that at and t logo that's so the they web basically browser. blended the, the two. two together right now i found out there was another not apple not google uh, works on Android mobile Apple. operating system called Tizen, T-I-Z-E-N, oh, by Samsung. The, yeah, I was going to say, it's the ye old Samsung. By one. Samsung? No, it's, they're still developing it. I know. It's actively maintained, but... but I feel, and they use it on their TVs. Yeah. And Samsung? their wearables. Yeah. And it's horrible. Yeah. And they, they have a Tizen Studio thing that you're supposed to use, like Android Studio, and it just doesn't work. Well, a big problem, too, is it has, it, I did, like, at, at the hardware level, it's a completely different compiling target than any of the other devices. But, but what I'm saying is well, there's I'm, stuff that, like, there's views that don't load with data. Yeah. That's... No, no, no. Uh, in the in the Tizen Studio I, I know, app. I know what you're saying. Yes. I tried making a, a TV emulator. It's under-supported. Samsung I, but people, well, ha, but you're this is the only way that you can get stuff on the TV. next. 
It could uh, be worse. You could be working for Roku and you learn the own language, the language that they created. They're Linux. They made their own language, dude. I know, but they're Linux. So you can oh, just so jailbreak out of that and run your stuff on Linux. I'll just write everything from the terminal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know where you're coming from, Tyler, but I see. I also see. What Sometimes people have to make big apps, like that, make that have lots of colors and boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those could all be black and white. No, black I mean, is a color, white is a color. You also use the ANSI <laughs> green and red. No, you just since it's Linux, you just st uh, st start an X11 process and then have your process that you're right. You think the that they have right to the X11 server? They've got X11. I know for a fact Roku has an X11 server running. Oh, okay. uh, it has to. What's it gonna run? Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Wayland. I almost said Smithers, but <laughs> Wayland. I, what? There is something that uses Wayland actually. It might be Samsung. Well, Wayland is like the new, the new cool kids uh, uh, rend rendering server for Linux, but uh, it uh, is not widely supported yet. Can you give me the jiggly windows, like Compiz from two thousand six? I don't know. See, you don't. All right. Uh... <laughs> Oh, well, let's see. Moving on. You can uh, tell him to fuck off. It's a late night episode. Uh, <laughs> episode. Where'd you, where'd you freak off, Christian? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Battlefield 5 censors some words like Nazi and white man. Did you hear about that? That's weird. Yes, they also, uh, they also censored words like DLC, which is kind of funny. Huh. I can understand that one though. And gambling. But the and problem is, is that chests. when you're when you're uh, when Battlefield Five, I believe, takes place during the Holocaust, and they've you can't say Nazi and you can't say Jews. It's the most woke video game ever. What? For you can type in white man, but you can't. You can't type in white man, but you can type Asian man or black man. Um, These people are in a camp for death. Why? Uh, just cause. <laughs> Aren't they white like you? No particular yeah, reason. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, DLC is another censored word I mentioned, but free DLC is not. Interesting. Titanfall is a banned word. Other <laughs> That's funny. Other, cen other censored words include eat, as well as lag, what about loot and box? laggy. Though you can still say damn. Can you say loot box? Which is what they're all getting sued over? It's having loot boxes? It's like, it's basically gambling? No. You it's not really gambling, it's more like paying to win. That's, isn't that gambling? No, gambling is saying you put down money in, uh, in hopes of winning and then you get more money back. Right. Okay. I get, yeah. yeah that's fine. Um, it's more like if you're an athlete and you decide, oh, I'm going to buy undetectable steroids that are really expensive, but I have the money. No, this is like there's an actual slot machine basically, basically simulation in the game. Oh, that you, part for sure. But that's then, the loot box thing. You pay money to spend the thing. But they, they usually guarantee you, like a lot of them are like, oh, you get two rare items and then whatever. You minimum get something, but it's basically like a Pokemon card where you probably no, get crap. No, of the ones that I've played and I do buy loot boxes, that I'll usually be like, oh, that's some pretty sweet gear there. Like uh, Shadow of War is one that I'll play with loot boxes. And I'll be like, I'll like put down like uh, maybe $50 and then uh, I'll get like... A, a, a really good sword and some good armor, and then like I'll get like a orc that might it's kind of like the tall Morty of orcs. That sounds ridiculous though. Spending fifty dollars in a video game to get a better sword and some armor. I don't want to have to spend money. Let me go on some battles and stuff. I guess you can do that. Yeah, but but then you're grinding way more. But what's it take? Like 
if if it's just absolutely ridiculous and it's going to take ten hours versus fifty, like that's it's I don't know. It just seems crazy. Buying your way to the top in a video game it, sounds it's just, lame. It's just capitalism applied to video games. Yeah, which I'm totally well, fine I mean, with. I mean, they, yeah, I mean they gross more than movies these days. So, yeah. how did that happen? I turned the iPad all the way down. Oh, okay, it's not playing. This is why I don't like. You know what? I have I've complicated this setup way too much. I was supposed to have the music fade, but fade in slowly, mm-hmm. so we can go back to the, you know, there we go. Anyway, um, Alex Jones has been banned from PayPal as well as many app stores. I already told you this was going to happen after he got banned the first time, uh, when he got when he got just his content was removed, and then I said he would they'd go after the app stores, and now they're going to go after his payment processors. Might you have any uh, personal impressions of some things that might have got him banned? Uh gonna kill the vibe of the show oh just like you know 10 seconds of what alex jones is like just to remind people of why he might have got banned from everything uh okay well i know the first one was the sandy hook stuff he definitely kept talking about that but that was five years ago and there's if they're gonna ban him now for that that's just that's looking little... for you to do a random snippet impersonation of kind of stuff that he might do it's cool yeah no i know pressure no, I know. I just, I really can't, uh... I to put you in the lead. They put chemicals in the water that are turning the frogs gay! I can't believe they, they've been having radioactive cows for 25 years! And the meat that glows when they take them out! I don't understand it! That, that makes sense. Yeah. Presented uh, as scientific fact. No! It's presented as bullshit... Bullshit media. Ah. Don't believe it! You don't have to listen. You don't have to take it as fucking gospel. There's no reason that he should be kind. He should be deemed an enemy of the state because he talks as garbage on his own fucking internet channel. I'm sorry. I will support. I will support his right to spew garbage. Don't listen to it. It's on you. Uh, that's it. I I would argue that that's like, like I remember. If I'm he's sorry, gonna wait. be. I'll say, I'll say it this way. I remember reading an article in 1999 about a woman, it was an old lady, who, was, it was, who, who had an AOL account and her computer got hacked. And the article said, And I watched the hackers delete every one of my personal files and remove everything from my computer. Well, turn it off! <laughs> Pull the plug! You can stop that from happening if it's taking that long. So, Alex Jones, it's on you. You gotta do it. Don't watch him. You don't have to watch him, but saying that he's some kind of, like I said, some kind of, like, neo-Nazi enemy conspiracy... He, he's just a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist who has made millions and millions of dollars off of selling garbage. Just like McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I, I would argue that if they're gonna go after him so hard, they should be a lot stricter on the televangelists that are actually, like, just trying to strangle right. money from people much more blatantly. Right! Those people in the mega churches are what that guy who can't even open his eyes because he didn't have to look at people. Yeah, the it's... Brother in Houston who didn't let anybody into his house, even though he gets up on this stage and talks about how he has to have how you have to live a more pious life. He's like Al Gore. Yeah, it's insane. They ask for so much money and they get so much money and then they get busted for fraud and then it's it's so blatantly obvious and then they have tax evasion problems and they have so much money. It's like, what, what, do, you, what do you need a G4 for? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And then, right, but Alex Jones, he's the bad guy. You know what, though? Joel Osteen's the Bill Clinton of them. I think he was the guy. He was the guy in Houston, right? There's no, there's I can't his name's escaping me. But I thought I it was. He looks like a he looks like a more Christian Tim Allen. <laughs> that Joel Osteen does look like a more Christian Tim Allen. Yeah, with that's him. Hair. He is in Houston. Okay, moving on. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's good about being subtle with it, though. The other guys should just ask for your money more blatantly. 
How is he subtle with it? Oh, like Pat Robertson? That's the guy. Yeah. Oh. Those guys are just all like, we're All we need is a million, a $10 million, and we can buy the spaceship to go to the alien country. <laughs> yeah. Fight the aliens. Joel Osteen actually gives you, like, 95% of, like, serious, like, sermon stuff, whatever he's saying. And then he asks for some money. Right. Uh, okay. Here's some stories we couldn't get to. Russian spies get detained in The Hague while planning a cyber attack at a Swiss lab. That actually sounds like a cool story. Wait, one more time. Russian spies Russian were spies. detained in The Hague for planning the a hog. cyber break-in at a lab in Switzerland. That's cool. Yes. Russian hacking caught in the act. Also, just as cool, grease-proof Xbox controller. That's really cool. So the grease from your KFC won't prevent you from... Owning those noobs. Uh, master and slave terminology has been removed from Python. Christian, why don't you, you want to say anything about that? No, because we can't get to the story. That's inbox ignorant. is dead. Long live Gmail, which I only use inbox on my phone. I moved to ProtonMail. Oh. Is that your server? No, that's the encrypted email. So it's a service. It's signal for email. Right, but what's, um, do you have an app for that? How do you check it? Use uh, the native mail app on your phone? I, I, yeah. Yes, I just do the, uh, what's the nicer forwarding? It's not IMAP, is it? Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, it's either IMAP or POP. Yeah, I think it's IMAP. Yeah. You, want a, you want a coffee or something? You're really low energy. You're like at Jeb Bush levels of low energy right now. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the most offensive thing you said to me. <laughs> I know. Hey, look, I'm from Florida. I know exactly how offensive that is. It looks like he's about to say Bob Dole. <laughs> <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> <laughs> clap Bob Dole. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some coffee brewing, man. I've got to get I'm you okay. some. I'm okay. You sure? Yeah. I'm don't sure. don't drink anymore. We need you. I, I, I we need you for it. another three and a half hours that this hour long show is. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna run out of tape. <laughs> All right. Um, well, why don't we? Uh, oh yeah. So sorry. Uh, no more PHP for HHVM. They're Thank God. moving on to hack, and uh, so should the rest of us. Uh, some crazy loon guy figured out that you can write javascript functions without uh you can call javascript functions without using parentheses if you use the template tags with syntactical sugar it looks horrible That's bad and, and no idea bad. why they did that thank you christian thank you for not saying oh this is brilliant i can't believe i can't believe no one's done this yet no this is terrible and i remember the mini squarespace startup i was on uh five years ago that is now irrelevant because you can have ai and ml build your next website in 60 seconds for you analyzing everything about your company join us next week when eric's unemployed i was i was hey, i was unemployed last week <laughs> so uh yeah anyway remember remember my motto i like making friends um and speaking and speaking of running for mayor in 30 years why don't we take a right turn into some, some local news with our new york minute where we take a look at your five boroughs First up, the MTA's longest-serving train operator suffered a stroke on 9-11 and had to be removed from service. It's really sad. That's New York irony. Why is it irony? 9-11. Oh. Something sad happens on 9-11? Yeah, it's New York tragedy. Is that ironic? That's like Alanis Morissette ironic. It's just a coincidence. But MTA's longest-serving motorman is no longer spending his days riding the rails, but it's not because of retirement after spending 47 years on trains. It turns out breathing in, all of the fumes on the train tracks are giving him pneumonia. 
The MTA has not removed asbestos from any of their subway stations since they were mandated to by the government in 1971. No. I'd believe it. I would too. Especially, did you see that the ceiling under Barclays Center? Yeah. That just rained on people during the storm today? And that's the nice train station. That's a recently renovated nice one. Oh, it's like your apartment. It is. It is. I have another funny story about that that's actually not funny at all. Uh, anyway. Eric's uh, apartment range. Leon, Leon George, Sonny to his family, suffered a stroke uh, two Mondays ago in Brooklyn on his way to work. Uh, he's 77 in a coma but stable at, at the Interfaith Hospital. He's described as a man deeply in touch with his family and faith, gregarious with a contagious smile and with the love of transportation and the people who take it to ke that kept him working long after he could have retired. That was his life, his first cousin Barbara said. He said, if I retire, what would I do? This is what I love. He grew up in Savannah, Georgia, before joining the MTA after the order was given to remove the asbestos in June of 1971. <laughs> yes. And I just quit Chrome so with there you all go, the Eric. in it. That was a mistake. There's a spot open. Yeah, and that's my plan B. I am totally going to be a train conductor. They make 80 grand a year. Conductor. They have a strong union, and it's probably going to be 50 more years before they're all laid off due to modernization or automation. 50? At the rate it's that sounds at, about the, right, at the rate of the MTA's going, absolutely. The train yeah. the, the technology exists now. The Disneyland monorail hasn't had a driver for like forty years. Yep. <laughs> You're right. They don't have drivers in them? Nope. <laughs> no. What the hell is our subway system doing? Well the it's monorail is just a loop around the park, I mean. <laughs> You know, it's not like the monorail has to go through hills and it's up. And MTAs have it even easier. They're a straight line. <laughs> no, it's not. There, each single train. Some have to, some have to transfer. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a line on the paper, but it's, it goes in three. It's a three-dimensional route. That has to. It's, it's a two-dimensional. It's a three-dimensional route because you're moving in elevation as you go in and out of tunnels and all and over and under streets. There's no reason why a computer can't handle that. There is no reason why a computer can't handle it, except of course, unions for unions. The double-edged sword. Um, Christian, and now, I was expecting like such a more detailed answer, but you're like, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, there was a crack pipe dispensary found on Long Island in a oh, box labeled obviously. pens. It's a actually, crack pipe dispensary? Yes. Ra uh, crack pipe dispensary vending... Uh, crack pipe vending oh, machine Corum. seized. Yeah, Corum is not... In Brookhaven. Well, Brookhaven oh, slash Corum. Oh, Corum, yeah. yeah sorry. That, that is not an awesome area, I should say. Awesome. I mean that that sounds weird, but I have Corm? heard of you know. It's uh, a bit maybe like uh, it's South Shore. So South Shore in the last like ten years has really gone downhill. But uh, also uh, like it's probably from where I grew up, maybe like a twenty to forty minute drive depending on traffic. In which direction? Uh, southeast. Oh, hey, guess what? I muted myself for the last thirty minutes. Oh, thank God. That's why I couldn't hear anything. But thanks to the magic of pro audio recording, we still have everything saved. Damn, I thought it was going to be a cool show with you shutting up. <laughs> it's like hearing, it's hearing a song with the vocals removed. And me and Christian just like interject every once in a while. <laughs> what did he say? It's like it's like that tie in the, uh, like, wow, the pick of destiny. Really stoned this time. It's like in the pick of destiny where KG had to go play a show by himself, and he only sang the har the upper harmony without the melody. Anyway, make sure you fix the tracking on the Q on the Linux tracker, right? Not Linux Logic. What? Because never mind. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I'll actually not be muted when I. Yeah, that one. That one. You know, I do listen to these shows after we make. Well, at least someone does. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want a crack pipe, go to Long Island. Um, oh, it sounds related to uh, safe 
have you know needle dispensaries. Oh, I see. Trash so you think no, that it's a good no, thing? No, 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 no. no, no, no so it's no, not no. a good that's thing like how, that. That's not how that it works around there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's the answer. Buy me bulk. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who I I, I I used to go down there for they had a hobby shop when uh, I was a kid I was really into the uh, like you'd build your own RC cars and race them they had a raceway over there and then uh, maybe like three years later it really went downhill where it was just like uh, space available became the most widespread business out there. Uh, yeah. Here's one last one. MTA official too nervous to tell computers waiting uh, commuters waiting for train that service shut down pre- uh, permanently an hour ago. Oh, growing increasingly anxious as tempers flared on the crowded platform, MTA planning to tell uh, planning director William Wheeler was reportedly too nervous on Friday to tell commuters waiting for the train that the service had shut down permanently an hour ago. Oh God, I just don't have the nerve to tell all these people the subway line they've been expecting for almost an hour just doesn't exist anymore. They're going to be really pissed at me when they realize there aren't even cars on the tracks. You, I guess I could just tell them it's delayed. Eric? Technically, it is delayed. Forever. Eric, did you look at where this article is from? Yes. Okay. Because it's from The Onion. Yeah. It's from a very it's, reputable news source, guys. That's owned <laughs> by Univision, and uh, that's a totally believable story. Because that happened. Oh, yeah. That happened... No, that happened this year uh, in Queens. Remember, they shut down, like, the Astoria station after without telling anybody. And so there were people waiting to go to work that the train never came because the station was closed. I mean, but it didn't let... It still let them onto the platform and took their money. <laughs> yep. That's New York Anyway. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well. Why don't All we... Right. Move on to the most depressing part of our show, because it's time for our... GitHub Issues of the Week. First GitHub Issue of the Week, I stole from Christian, though it is from React. It's actually something kind of like the Battlefield 5 issue the use of the term blacklist is offensive we should change it to blacklist let's do it for a bright future please read this who cares status i don't know software development terminology has a lot of terminology with a racist or patriarchal background let's change this from blacklist to denialist whitelist to allow list killer app to beloved app master slave primary replica Actually, primary replica is an inaccurate way to do it. Because uh, how would a follower, slave be a replica? It's not. It's not, necessarily. Uh, leader follower is the more accurate. Uh, that otherizes people. You don't want that. <laughs> it, we're Look, if we're at the level of talking like this, I mean, you got to, you know, you got to think about the next step. So... Um, okay, I that that makes sense. The response the, the, is, the sure, sounds good. I changed a lot. I changed to a more descriptive wording in the next commit. Uh... And then someone goes, oh, the term black and white don't have anything to do with race. What's next? We'll replace the black color in CSS with sever- severely dark purple insist- indistinguishable from the clouded night sky as viewed from inside a forest. That guy sounds like he voted for Trump. Anyway, moving on to our next. <laughs> it's called Nationalist Socialism. GitHub issue of the week. Our second GitHub issue of the week comes to us from Elasticsearch. What's this one? Oh, SQL Pi function works with multiply character asterisk only when the character has white spaces in front and back. Take That's it away, That's racist, too. <laughs> okay. Allow spaces. White spaces. Clear spaces. They should be clear sp- null spaces. Empty spaces. Null spaces. Yep. Uh, so uh, there is a, an adapter to allow you to query 
Elasticsearch with SQL. And uh, so the issue here is that Come adapter on, Pick it is, up. Uh, <laughs> that adapter uh, requires uh, space in between a multiplication sign because normally in SQL you should be able to. <laughs> you sound like you sound like a Walkman running out of batteries. <laughs> 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 For the youngins on the show, that's when you used to take a tape and play it in the headphone. <laughs> and, and it would still play, but it would just play slower <laughs> as the battery. <laughs> High function works with multiply character only when the character. So they, they need to take the sequel parser and add uh, white space. Uh, no, uh, allow, allow no white space when you get that. Oh, they're the other way around. Yeah. And was that just regex? Uh, no, it's the AST. Abse Ab abstract, abstract syntax tree. tree. Yep. So they need to whitelist the white space. Allow list the null space, Tyler. And why don't we move on <laughs> to our next... <laughs> <laughs> We're progressing speech, guys. <laughs> 2018. Uh, <laughs> Doing our part. <laughs> our next GitHub issue of the week comes to us from Kitty. <laughs> Setting background opacity to 0, 0.0 does not make the area around characters transparent. This seems like too front-end, too designy of an issue for that you would care about, Christian. I think well, he just likes the name. It's a terminal, Kitty. So Kitty's a terminal written in Rust. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And... Rusty Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Setting background opacity to 0 does not make area around characters transparent, but opacity to 0... Okay. Actually, let me see if it's that one and not... This might not be the Rust one I'm thinking of. Oh. Oh, no. This, this is just like a... So, because it actually doesn't allow for any aliasing. The, the, this See, 0. Is, 0.01 yeah. versus 0. This 0. Is, this one's just GPU-based, and uh, so and this is... And when it's 0, it turns off the aliasing. This is using that uh, good old uh, uh, OSX uh, SDK for GUIs. Ports? Uh, anything that starts with NS. I don't know. The, the usual NS visual right. view. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's like one of those things with CSS where if you want, if you have, if you're doing like those arrows or you create something in, in CSS that has jagged edges, you can scale it with 0.999 and that'll activate the GPU to style it. And then it'll actually look a lot smoother because it uses anti-aliasing from the GPU rather than however it renders by default. You told me that. I did. You told me that in 2014. And have you used it since? It's never come up in my work. <laughs> oh, <there you> <laughs> Good I answer. Ha I have had to use like the CSS aliasing or CSS anti-aliasing thing once. Yeah, like the font thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I just tried it and never implemented it, but I, it came up. Thought about it. Well, that's 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 good. That's good. Why don't we move on then to our last GitHub issue of the week? Our last GitHub issue of the week comes to us from Delegator.py. Feature request encoding. Hey, this is a conventional commit. Force UTF-8 for Windows users. That's right. Why, does Windows still use, like, the ISO blah, blah, blah no. encoding? No, it's actually more of an issue with Python. That's that Unicode is always a pain in Python. Why? Uh, because it's not its default encoding for strings. Why? So you have to specify that it's Unicode instead. Well, I guess that makes sense. Does it was only like recently that everybody adopted Unicode by yeah. default. And uh, I also, so what this is, delegator.py is a quote-unquote human way of doing uh, multiprocessing, which I beg to differ, because like, if you look at the built-in subprocess li library in Python, it's not that bad. In fact, it's much more like... Whoa, calm down. Calls, calm down, Chris. Which I think, I, I, like, the, 
if you don't understand at the low level how to do multiprocessing, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And that's exactly what this library will let you do. Why? But because if you don't understand how fork works and how you have shared memory, unless you specify otherwise, of the child process and the parent process, then you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Because? Because you have shared memory then, and then you can have the child process access to the parent process and vice versa. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like a great way for a memory leak. Or some kind of corruption between the processors. Yep. Processes. Okay, anything else? Is uh, there a solution for this? Yeah, just... Uh, I mean, other than forcing doing the thing that it says? Unfortunately, it's gonna you're, they're going to like wrap all of the strings in like a uh, encode to Unicode. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm sure that's going to be another massively breaking change. So you'll have five versions of Python on your computer that won't work together. I mean, that's Python in a nutshell. <clears throat> and you complain about PHP. Hey, uh, 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 yeah, exactly. You've got nothing. Least, You've got nothing. At least Python's still being used. I know. No, at least Python doesn't need a web server to run. PHP doesn't. You can run it in the console. I know, but then it's single threaded. Mm, I don't think so. Mm. PHP is standard constructs for multi threading. It does, but no one uses them. But that's not saying PHP. That's the people. Yep. Okay. Well, huh? invigorating debate. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why this is the most depressing segment of our show. We could have turned it around like we did a couple of weeks ago with our friend Ben. Hmm. Oh, well. All right. Well, after our depressing GitHub issues, it's time for Tyler's Plus Ones. Our pull request Plus Ones are where we send out well wishes and acknowledgments of awesomeness to people and other organizations. Who's our first plus one this week, Tyler? This week, we only have minus ones. Minus ones. Dun, it's also dun, depressing. Dun. Number one goes to Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. They got caught. They're in with the scalpers. They're caught with their pants down. The sca- scalpers uh, yeah. about to bend them over a barrel. Uh, you know, no, I think this is a They're brilliant marketing They're caught in an orgy decision. with their pants down with everyone. I think this is a brilliant marketing decision because they know that how much they know that their money... A significant amount of their money is being stolen, quote-unquote, by scalpers. And if they could just charge the exorbitant rates that the scalpers do, then it's even more money for them. So they're, pays, they're, they're posing as their own scalpers to their own events. Yep. Yeah, I think it goes deeper than that, though. I think that there's a much more fluid transfer between Ticketmaster and StubHub and all that stuff. And I think that they're kind of all in on it, and I think that it goes deeper than that. Um, huh. Yeah. In footage obtained by the journalist, a man purported to be a trade desk sales representative told them that the resellers he works with have, quote, literally a couple hundred Ticketmaster.com accounts apiece. Trade desk, not Ticketmaster, right? Trade desk is the platform where they all sell all the scalpers and, and Ticketmaster, like, goes and... Right, that's the... It's no, the ticket marketplace. Ticketmaster is behind this. Trade but desk trade desk, the platform that... It's the exchange. Yeah, it's, it's an invite-only marketplace. But once you Let's get invited, get you just invite yourself. Let's get on it. Let's get on it, exactly. Yeah, we can scalp tickets to ourselves. All right, your next plus one goes to? Uh, minus one. Minus one, your next minus one goes to? Sony. 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 It's only technical enough, but Sony got caught with his pants really far down. They admitted that three of the tracks off Michael Jackson's 2010 album, Michael, were not sung by Michael. Oh, man. Ooh. Who were they sung by? They, Justin Timberlake? No, they, um... Bruno Mars. That would be possibly sick. maybe no, uh, but no names at this point. Uh, but they blended on the producers and they said, "Oh, we got duped by the producers on these tracks." How? Ex- exactly. How do you not know it's Michael Jack? Did they get the guy that sang for him on that Simpsons episode? 
That was Michael Jackson. No, that was Michael Jackson. Nope, he did the vocal. He did the talking. He did not do the singing. There's an interview with Harry Shearer where he talks about it. it was in the contract for the episode that he would not actually sing, and they had a stand-in do the singing, but he did the talking. So take I that. Hate those contracts. What? I hate it. I hate those contracts. Yeah. Well, that's that's the breaks. He didn't like, actually sing. Like the E Street Band brought Gary U.S. Bands U.S. Bonds back in in eighty and eighty one and made two great albums with them. And Springsteen and Little but Steve those... Van Zant wrote like most of the songs, but. Well, that's Springsteen wasn't allowed to sing really on well it over the thirty years. What I said that's because the bonds had matured really well over the thirty years. He did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, You're ne- all right. Your next minus one goes to uh, final one goes to Big Brother Nicholas Tietz Solaski. I think he makes pickles. Uh, I think he does. I'm gonna pull up this terrible article that he wrote, um, in just in a, an attempt to get some clickbait, which. I, I really can't stand well, most articles these days, Tyler. I guess so. It says, don't disrupt things. Fix them. Oh, he's trying to disrupt disrupting. Oh, whoop-de-doo. Wow, that's actually, you're right. He's meta He's meta disrupting. Yeah, which he's doing. People talk about disrupting industries, and these industries appear to be stable, but in, a, in an inefficient state. For example, taxi cab, the taxi cab industry, there's little innovation. Along came Uber, and it disrupted the industry. Uber has a culture of ignoring laws around the world, blah, blah, blah. As a result, we have an app that millions of people love and use regularly. Exactly. Seems pretty good. We get something like everyone using it and earning money, but however, there's a darker framing. Uber disrupted something. What did it disrupt? Disrupted the livelihood of millions of taxi drivers who existed. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to comment. I'm about to go ham. They, and then he says, they play by the rules even when it was expensive for them to do so. Taxi medallions in New York City cost over $1 million at their peak. And taxi drivers either lost it. So... So you're gonna say that that that's sustainable? Or you're gonna pretend like there's just gonna that's gonna fix itself? Did like, they not, does he not realize what <laughs> built the 20th century? It's it was disruptive innovation. That's how we got here. What do you think built the fucking personal computer revolution? That was disruptive innovation. No, we can just make mainframes do all the things that you want to do. Man, these cars really disrupted the whole horse riding industry. No, we could just make horses that run faster <laughs> by breeding them over hundreds of years. Jesus Christ, dude! Like, oh yeah, that that system's gonna fix it. That sounds like when I I don't know. It sounds like when people say, oh yeah, we don't need an HR department. Or we don't we don't need certain protections. Well, you don't need an HR. Department. I mean, not that, but like, <laughs> you you have people that just just I I don't want to get I don't want to get political, but some people just say you, take I everything mean, away, and I, it's I, like we underst- we we have these things because we've proven that we they need fixing. Well, like, I situations understand like the this. sentiment that you don't necessarily want to break the system when you could improve it from inside and exploit its weaknesses and create something better from inside. However, when you talk about stuff like the New York taxi cab medallions. Uh, they fucked themselves into this position. We have antitrust and they need laws. To get fucked out like, of it. There's they a are reason. basically a monopoly, and they're colluding with either the city and and uh, many unions to control the prices of this to cr- to make more money for themselves. It's profiteering, and it's not right. And the only thing that can suck the air out of the room is something like Uber, minus the uh, toxic masculinity. Uh, you know, yeah. something like Uber to really. Give them the kick in the ass that they need. You're gonna say someone shouldn't be allowed to to offer competition to that? No, what? but that's but How, the city is but getting involved. The city capped the Uber drivers. They capped the TNLC licenses. For oh the no, next but year. I'm talking against this article. It's saying like you're but gonna the, say the, but this, the don't disrupt. Is, like that's that's capitalism. But that's that's, that's, that's competition. What our mayor is trying to do. He's saying yeah, the Uber is disrupting the taxis. There's more there's more traffic now because of Uber, and no one's riding the cab because it's too fucking expensive to drive them. And when you talk to the when you talk to the Uber drivers. They don't even want to drive fucking cabs. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They enjoy driving their own cars with their own air conditioning so, that don't smell. And they can put on whatever they want on the radio. And why so, God, God, they don't have to listen to but, uh, WNBC? Why should it cost money to do that? That's the problem. It shouldn't cost money to have to get into an industry like that. That's that's well. Mm-hmm. It should take it a, should take passing regulations and sure fees for bureaucracy. Fine for getting a license and passing all these tests and verifications. But it shouldn't cost just arm and arm and over money on top of your car. Well, like I'll you should you, have the tools and be able to do the job once you're licensed to do it. I'll tell you this. Getting the license has actually magnified in, in cost over the last, I think, two or three years. The last Uber I took Shocker. was telling me, it was like it used to be it used to be like 500 bucks and 12 hours of training, and now it's $3,000 and 60 hours, 60, zero hours of training that you have to pay for before you can get an Uber license to drive in New York. Well, they got to make up for the, the $800,000 in value that the medallion went down in. It's, that's, it's just, that's disruptive innovation. Yeah. That's that's competition. You got it. You need the taxis want to survive. I said this before. They need that app that now exists, and they need to get rid of the medallions. How about get this other article? Air, Airbnb. How about Airbnb? Big hotel chains, hotel chains, were which abide by regulations and pay their local oh, hospitality right. taxes. Right. I love, I, that's another one because you yeah. want to sleep in a bed that the whole world is came Cause, in, cause and that's, in, in, in in a room with an air filter that hasn't been changed since the dawn of time. No, that's totally fine. And but, they all price gouge, and there's not enough hotels to begin with, and every time a big event happens in the city, it's all $400 a night anyway. Yeah. So that's, yeah, and then also we're hitting an exponential mark in population, and it's cool now we're at $300 million, but what when we're $3 billion in, in 80 years? Uh, you think that's sustainable to, to make all that hotel room when we have plenty of houses sitting there empty and then it's it's the public making making money off stuff that's also capitalism and competition and that's the way that society works yep. and that's been our plus wait, one wait 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 wait, no, wait. so this no. just this just in this just in i've got a plus one to nike their uh, their robots.txt just says <laughs> a comment that says just crawl it <laughs> just crawl it right when i thought we were getting political <laughs> thank you christian uh, and that's been our plus ones. Wow. Oh, you know what? I have a plus one. The Wolf Pack. For being such an awesome... I don't like... Oh, and Peck awesome. Industries. For their, their Q... Yeah, for their Q3 update. Very, very strong Q3. I need to figure out how to do a voice. Their licensing? I mean, their, their uh, illustration? Yeah, the they artwork? licensed the, uh, the album art from someone from Instagram. Slid into the DMs. <laughs> Knocked out. out a licensing agreement, ipso facto, one, two, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's when I should the, have done with the show. The best anyway, CEO um, <laughs> all hands I've ever seen. Well, it would have, you know, it's funny. That's pro- that shit's probably why he got on CNBC and he fucked it up by being really stoned. <laughs> you saw that, right? I think uh, we played it on I the did show. Not. Yeah, we did. Oh, we, we did, did yeah. play it on the show. You got to focus on your fundamentals because, yeah. <laughs> anyway, definitely they were not stoned at all for that show last night. They were on peak form, I have to say. By the way, Nike.com slash robots.txt, it says just crawl it, and then under it, it has a million disallow rules. So that's kind of hypocritical. It's kind of funny, though. <laughs> anyway. Just crawl it. Crawling denied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Give it a try. Oh, you can't. That sucks. And moving on, uh, after Tyler, your plus ones, it's time for my personally favorite segment of the show where I get to talk in our Apple Attack, where we take a nice little shit on Apple. First up, forget the new iPhones. Apple's best product may now be privacy, but actually it's not because their App Store has received renewed scrutiny ahead of their next OS launch, Mojave. 
That's right, as Apple prepares to Mac, uh, Mac launch Mac OS Mojave this fall, it's also prepping a new app store. This redesign, which echoes the iOS app store, is positioned as a more dynamic marketplace for software than just a repository for apps. Think like Windows Store. Which sounds weird that Windows actually did this first. Just do something like Homebrew. But Windows did it. Windows actually did this first. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the fourth most- It's basically the, but, the Xbox but, Live Store. But, uh, just as this is happening, the fourth most popular paid app, Adware Doctor, was discovered to have been swiping users' browser histories across Chrome, Safari, and Firefox, and sending the data to a Chinese server. That's the doctor that's supposed to tell you if you have Adware on your computer. It's actually is Adware. The fourth most popular paid app on the whole macOS App Store. The issue isn't just an app sneaking past the review process, it's the process itself. Uh, and there's others. So Apple's review process is messed up. Um, so no one at Apple like launched the app the and app tested store. it. Uh, Apple has made efforts to cull zombie apps from the App Store, but that's not really a thing. Of course, the App Store is still the best way to keep re-downloading Xcode every day and a half. Um, yeah, and so who knows what's going to happen in Mojave. Um, except that the, I can tell you they're probably getting rid of macOS Server. That used to be a thing. macOS Server used to be a whole operating system. And then and with Lion, they they turned it into a, uh, an app. And now they're slowly removing things from macOS Server, like Netboot, which is the way that you have been able to remotely configure images. Like if you have an enterprise with Apple computers, you want to have them connect to a, uh, a Netboot server, and then you could just download the pre-configured image onto the computer. Apple took that away and, and, and in the boot ROM for the latest MacBook Pros. So your brand new MacBook Pro is not going to be able to support this technology that is almost 20 years old, and Apple is not replacing it with anything. They're only telling you to use other libraries made by other people. Why? I think they want to get out of the server stuff. They want to get, they're just going to maybe slowly remove themselves from desktop computing altogether. No, you just run all your apps on iCloud. No, but I mean, look at this, like FTP server, removed in server 5.4, server docs, DHCP, DNS, VPN, all planned removal, fall 2018, firewall, mail server, calendar, wiki, websites, contact, netboot, planned for removal, fall 18, messages, radius, airport management, all planned for removal. They give you alternatives, but they're all open source. Apple's getting out of this. And imagine when they start doing the same thing to macOS. And they're just like, oh, well, why don't you just buy an iPad Pro and run iOS 12 on it? And then you won't have a headphone port, and you won't be able to do anything that you want to the computer, and if we decide to change any settings, then you can go fuck yourself. But look at that retina screen! But the screen is twice as bright as it used to be, so... There you go, and that's been our Apple Attack! I feel like that was a relatively short one. Do you see what you pay for, just to have text look nice? No! Because that's not a- my Hackintosh is not an Apple computer. The text looks the same there as it does in a regular Macintosh because the aliasing is done in the OS level. In fact, I actually fi finally figured out how many years later what the difference is. And it is in the anti-aliasing differences between Windows and Mac. I'll tell you really quickly. Windows makes sure that all of the typefaces stick to a pixel grid. And the Mac method relies on... They've developed their own thing so it looks closer to print as you scale font sizes in print. So Microsoft wanted to be like the computer science-y way, right? The mathematically way, right? And Apple wanted to be the aesthetically way, right? And which looks a lot better, Apple's. In fact, they also I also found out that they don't use any of the hinting rules inside of the typefaces. They only use their own system. And the fonts do look great. But if you restart this computer into Windows, or even if you run a VM of Windows on a Macintosh, you can tell the difference immediately. Yeah.
And that's why I refuse to use Windows. If they just fix the anti-aliasing, I might even jump ship to Windows 10. <sighs> okay, well, why don't we move on before Christian falls asleep. Um, let's see. Uh, let's move on to our... Here's a segment we haven't had in quite a while. Theresa May murders the internet! And it's... Well, kind of, it's her administration. But first, the EU. European authorities are planning to slap internet companies like Google, Twitter, and Facebook with yet another reason to give them a fine. Because the EU needs money. I would love to see a pie, a pie chart of their annual revenue and how much comes from U.S. tech companies paying fines. This is fucking ridiculous. Every three weeks, there's another, oh my god, they have to pay $100 million as they jet set around the world in private airlines, wearing expensive suits, eating expensive food. We don't have any money. I wonder why. All because England made one tech company, Cambridge Analytica, that caused Brexit, which is causing all the money. I don't think Cambridge Analytica caused Brexit. That ball dropped a year after people voted out of Brexit, but I don't think Brexit's actually going to happen. Uh, that's another story. I was going to make a joke that all the money that they're making from the U.S. tech companies is just paying all the money that they're, that they're, they're being caused from, from Brexit. Not even like if, if Brexit happened, but like right now, just all the headaches of all the meetings they have to have because Brexit is like possibility. <laughs> Yes, well, as part of the uh, as part of uh, the new European copyright policy, uh, memes have been declared illegal. Memes? Uh, hold on. Uh, this is missing from um, the outline, but uh, it's a sorry. That's sensationalist. Uh, the EU copyright directive intends to protect the intellectual property rights of people who upload their material to the internet. However, campaigners are warning that the new, that the new law will require all content uploaded to the internet to be monitored and potentially deleted if a likeness to existing content is protected. The law would, quote, destroy the internet as we know it. That sounds sensationalist. Um, but on the heels of that, uh, EU President Jean-Claude Juncker said in a speech on Wednesday that the commission is preparing new rules Not as part of an effort... Not to with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. <laughs> he gave these tech companies one hour to remove extremist contents from their website. Think about that. Google, Twitter, Facebook... Take down all your extremist content. What is oh, extremist? Oh shit, dude! Mean? Let me just reach for my extremist content button right over here. Yeah, you've got I'll one hour. I'll it off. You got yeah, one hour. It's definitely a drop-down menu somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the proposal. Good thing we tag and identify every single preferences. Menu. Extremist content off. Oh, dude, oh, there done. Go. Yeah, sorry about that. Shit, man. Pseudo RM. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, LS grep extremist. Internet companies will have to take measures, including installing automated systems, which they already have, to prevent content from being re-uploaded after being removed the first time. Companies that fail to comply will face fines up to 4% of their annual global turnover. For Google, that means $4.4 billion a year. The parent company, Alphabet, could be... Uh, that, that's based on uh, Alphabet's $110.9 billion in revenue for 2017. So they, they're creating a new way to get nine figures, nine figure fines out of these tech companies. Isn't this great? Give us some of that internet money. What would happen if they said no? Fuck you guys. We're done. We're not playing this game anymore. What are they going to do? Turn, are they going to actually block Google in the EU? They could. They could, but are they? I don't think so. Oh, I am such a fan of DuckDuckGo.com. Now that Google is down. DuckDuckGo is a pretty cool. I use I am oh, so glad that Alta Vista is cool again. What? Alta Vista? Remember that? It, <laughs> yeah, like dog do. pile, yep. like hose. Nets, Netscape. Good old days. Netscape wasn't a search. Um, 
They had yes. a search bar, but it went to Yahoo. It went to Yahoo, that's right. right. Yahoo used to be a directory, too. Here's something. Uh, this is from Theresa May. British lawmaker wants to ban your f- private Facebook groups because she worries you're using them for hate speech. And yeah, Eric. <laughs> my, my private Facebook group has 1,100 <laughs> people, by the way. You're More. just proud that you have friends. They're not friends <laughs> of mine. I, it's a, they, it's, I told you close, it's disinformation. The just, best information. They're just the closest thing to friends he has. Oh, oh that's, you were my friend. That's, that's hateful. Oh, that's yeah. extremist content. I'm sorry, sure. Eric. That is extremist content. <laughs> yellow, uh, yellow card. Yes. <laughs> UK MP Lucy Powell of Where's the, the Labour Party uh, wants to use her government authority to ban your private online Facebook group discussions. She introduced legislation in the House of Commons uh, two weeks ago that would ban secret, private, invite-only groups on Facebook that she, of course, is not invited to. It would go so far as to hold moderators legally responsible for hate speech or the defamation or defamation on the forums. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, uh... Rabble, rabble. One more. Uh, the European Commission on Human Rights finds that the UK's mass surveillance regime violated the human rights law. Oh, really? Yeah. Spying on us all the time. Guess who's else? (laughs) Guess what other country's mass surveillance scheme violates human rights laws? Us. Uh, yeah. Somehow they do it differently than the rest of Europe. But they they said that only uh, some aspects of the UK surveillance regime, so it's not the whole thing, have violated the human rights law. Um, let's see. It combines three cases with an action brought by a coalition of civil, whatever. That's basically it. They didn't find the bulk data collection itself to be in violation of the convention, but noted that such a regime must respect criteria set down in case law. Uh, so I guess it's just stealing more, taking more information than they should. And I don't know what's going to happen, especially if there's Brexit, but there probably won't be. Rabble, so. rabble. Yes. Um, all right. Well, this is, this is a very dry show. The, the, these after dark shows are supposed to be fun. What's happening? You're talking. <laughs> I think Christian's in one of those phases where you actually need to give him more alcohol to wake him up. Problem solved. He knows it's true. I can give you a vodka coffee. That just sounds fantastic. I'll have to make it. Oh, never mind. Hurry up. All right. Uh, I'll share this ginger thing with him and get him talking. Yeah, or he, or he really passes out. Uh, why don't you tell us, Christian, about the chilling reality of cold boot exploits? Um, sure. <laughs> There's a... Yes. Uh, because there's a there's a weakness in how computers protect their firmware. Yeah, researchers from somewhere. Where did they go? Uh, they're security consultants. They don't say where. This is from F-Secure. Uh They discovered a weakness in, in how computers protect their firmware. They say that attackers able to gain physical access, well, then the whole thing's kaput. Mm-hmm. Can exploit this weakness, perform a successful cold boot attack, and then they can steal the encryption keys from the computer and other sensitive information and also remain there remain resident after a reformat i i I just saw the graphics of this article they're hilarious (laughs) they have a they have a screwdriver boot attack works one attacker gains physical the the second one for those who are listening uh it's a screwdriver just like kind of poking at a circuit board and not even really at a screw (laughs) (laughs) attacker manipulates firmware settings with the screwdriver pounding on a circuit board 
and they attack a US and then they put a USB key into the laptop and make a cold boot attack and get the encryption keys from memories from the me- encryption keys from the memory and it gets worse while cold boot attacks aren't exactly simple to carry out uh, it's the, it's a known technique amongst hackers well of course it is you know what this actually doesn't seem like it's too bad it's just a recent article talking about cold boot attacks so be sure to safeguard your computers wherever you go because if someone gets physical access to your device it's over that's it so no matter how secure your shit is, if someone has their has your computer, they'll probably figure out a way of getting inside of it. Uh, let's see. I feel in, safe. In New Delhi, uh, there's uh, they ha- India has a. I like my old Delhi identity. Yeah, it's funny. They have an identity database. It contains the biometrics and in, and impersonal information of over one billion Indians. It's been compromised by a software patch that disables critical security features of the software used to enroll new users. So India got hacked. The patch, freely available for as little, uh, little as 2,500 rupees, which is about $35, allows unauthorized persons based anywhere in the world to generate uh, these identification numbers at will and is still in widespread use. That's great. So now someone can make Indian people. Or you can, yeah, or you can just become an Indian person. Uh, the patch lets a user Indian bypass critical security features such as biometric authentication. The patch disables the enrollment software's built-in GPS. And the patch reduces the sen- sensitivity of the enrollment software's iris recognition system, making it easier to spoof the- with software photographs of the registered operator rather than using, it, using the person in real life. That's fun. A billion people's information. Wow. Yeah. Um, so sixth of the world got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Basically, um, <clears throat> where's my oh, there is um, and let's see, uh, the feds charged uh, North Korea's North Korea's North Koreans for WannaCry. You remember that? Yeah. What was WannaCry, Christian? WannaCry, WannaCry was the um, ransomware ransomware that uh, was attacking a lot of uh, Windows machines back in 2016, 2017. I think 2017. Yeah, we definitely talked about it, um, and. This is a charge from the United States, wanted by the FBI Park Yin Hyok. Here's a, I don't know if I pronounced that right. There's a picture of him. Park and Jin Hyok. Yeah, that's, I don't think you say Jin, though. It's like, whatever. Conspiracy what to Yang? commit wire fraud, conspiracy to commit computer-related fraud, and computer intrusion. A senior DOJ official said in a conference call with reporters that Hyok worked... <laughs> I wonder how he laughs... Uh, worked in China for a front company called Korean Expo Joint Venture Super Happy Time Number 8. The company is tasked with generating revenue for the North Korean military intelligence. So that's funny. Hackers calling themselves the Guardians of Peace in 2014 targeted entertainment... Oh, that's what this was. This was the thing that that, uh, broke the Sony pinata. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, oh, and WannaCry also attacked the UK's National Health Service. I remember reporting about that because they were running old-ass computers. So, uh, and one last giant exploit, and I'm sorry for the source of this, but I couldn't find it anywhere else. There's a Chinese company that reportedly hacked Hillary Clinton's mail server and got every copy of her email in real time. Of course, if you remember, they said that when they found out that her server was being hacked, they unplugged it for half an hour and then plugged it back in. <laughs> <laughs> it 
This is why I refuse to believe the narrative that the Russians stole the election. Uh, and a Chinese state-owned co state company reportedly hacked Hillary's email, then inserted code that forwarded them a copy of virtually every email she received or sent after that. A revelation our president, Cheeto Jesus, is uh, demanding to be investigated. So, yeah. Of course... Oh, and it's funny because the, the tweet actually doesn't say crooked Hillary's email server. It actually says Hillary Clinton's emails. Mm -hmm. That's how serious it is. He doesn't even say crooked Hillary. So, yeah. All right. Oh, we forgot our quick, our quick our reads for this week, our quick pick books. I got designed in the USSR while I was in Rhode Island. I'm sorry. No, it's a great book about what about the crap that was designed during the Cold War in the Soviet Union. In Soviet Russia, design, <laughs> design you. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I actually went to the art book fair this uh, this weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, at MoMA PS One in Queens. Yeah, it's an annual thing that happens every September, and, and I didn't get invited. And my girlfriend <laughs> went to the one today, and she asked me to go, and I said no because we're doing the podcast, so I missed out twice. I had no idea about it. Um, I was undersold on it, and it was absolutely fantastic. There's beyond uh, an innumerable amount of art. It's absolutely insane. There's pro there's just dozens, hundreds of tables uh, of different artists with tons of different stuff, art books, stickers, uh, posters, drawings, uh, unique things. And then there's four floors of PS1 with um, both lectures and uh, just tons of different exhibits. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Did you see the uh, woman in the floor at moment PS1? No. Yeah. I think it's on the third floor. It's like an old wood, like an old wood floor, huh. and in the middle of it is a is a portable or like a portable LCD screen with a woman who's like trapped inside and she's trying to get out. That's weird. I don't know if they still have that. I had a, a holiday party there a couple of years ago. Huh? It's it's crazy, and it's like a huge museum inside, and it's very disorienting because you walk from room to room, and it's like it. Right, you, and I think that really building also like expanded on an older building that like in. Parts that used to be outside are now inside. Yeah. If you're into art at all, or even if you're not into art, you Don't go you to MoMA. Very... Go to MoMA PS1 in Queens next year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good too. plus one. It's free. That would have been a good plus one. Would have been. Would've but it's been. not really technical. No, but you still... Whatever. Okay, well... Why don't we take a quick break? Say, friends, do you live in New York City? Well, if you do, Pneumonium has a beautiful new product for you. It's called Where Am I? Your five-borough compass navigator to help you get anywhere from Staten Island to the Bronx. Simply go to www.whereami.nyc and enable location services on your mobile device to find the closest neighborhood borough and three subway stops to you, wherever you are. No ads, no tracking, just geospatial brilliance. That's Where Am I? Brought to you by Pneumonium. Pneumonium, reinventing media daily. Well, how's it going, Christian? Pretty good. I, I was supposed to take the break, but Tyler actually did take a break. <laughs> so, this is usually, you know, you know what happens in the after we hit the break and then I go on, and I, because I've been drinking coffee and then I get my drink, mm -hmm. we do the thing. Tyler's, what, he just left. Yeah, he did. Anyway. So, anyway. <laughs> was that? You you can't speak. You're not. You're not. Uh, you're. You can't. We can't. You don't you exist. <laughs> no, we can't pay you scale. I'm sorry. We have a new stage manager this week after our old one moved across the country. <laughs> that sounds about right. And <laughs> he's a lot more attentive than the last stage manager that we had, which is great. 
Uh, but as a side effect, he has to learn the ropes of show business, which is that you don't get a speaking role because then we have to pay you scale. We're not scabs. This is a union show. Kind of. Shut up! Don't speak! Tell us afterwards. So, anyway. Christian, you have any plans uh, after this? Yeah, in fact, uh, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're finally just getting started. Yep. Um, yeah. Tyler, why don't I take a quick break and you and Christian give it for a minute? Okay. Christian, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Uh, we're running late, so that's dope. Um, standard. Yeah. Um, so Wolfpack released uh, an update to their compressor. Are you familiar with their compressor? I'm not. Me neither. So that's pretty sweet. It has a sick interface. So apparently it's got an interface. <laughs> I am assuming it's a plug-in. I guess I have to get it. I mean, I'm starting to just get into plugins that have no interface and they're all just DDLs or DLLs rather. Ah, go on. So they just get packages of VST. I drag and drop them into uh, my my uh, DAW, but then I can actually over the command line tweak it. Mm. Even though I'm I'm using the Linux sub subsystem for Windows to do that usually. I have to admit I would not know how to drop into a command line to alter my Cubase things. Oh, so this one I, I came across. It's a VST plugin that uh, has a uh, um, HTTP uh, API that you can just start curling uh, like what you want to tweak on there for. for uh, it's mostly reverb. It's mostly reverb. Yep. Sounds complicated for a DAW. I just enjoy it. <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh, look who's back. Eric's in the room. He's being quiet. Oh, I guess it's supposed to be a surprise. It's not a surprise, but we're going to pretend it's a surprise because I'm still talking to Christian. We've done this before, Tyler. You know how this works. Mm. I didn't know I what you were doing. I disappear without making a sound, and then I come back in like I didn't leave. And then you chug alcohol. Yes, which I guess it might, you might as well, right? One, two, three, four! Chug, chug, chug. Thank you. Eric will be here. I'll be here all week. I do weddings and bar mitzvahs, but I'm no Theo Katzman. You think I like enjoy singing in a, an annoying falsetto voice. I already said that, didn't I? His is not annoying, though. His isn't annoying. That's the problem. Yep. He is an insanely high voice that is actually beautiful. Very rich yes, and awesome. angelic. So much better live. bag from Long Island, just like you. Yep. Whose dad played for Johnny Carson. We all achieve pretty good things if you're from Long Island. My parents, my, yeah, my, my dad moved to South Florida. That's what he achieved in <laughs> Long Island. Achieved something. My my aunt and uncle are retired Air Force, and my other uncle died. Mm. We're all from Long Island. Well, not me. I was born in Rockland. Oh, County. so that's what your aunt and uncle did. They died. Everyone else had accomplishments. And the <laughs> died. That's a pretty big accomplishment to die. <laughs> you know that you can't go back from that. Well, not in this life. Um, okay, so why don't we shift gears a little bit and actually get to the meat of the show? But we're out of time, so we'll have to keep this for next week. No. Uh, Number 69, we had to do something that was slightly provocative. 
hot for coders. These are software developers that we feel have really shaped our philosophies on code and how to write software and and people that we just generally admire in the world of tech. Is that right? Mm -hmm. What is the criteria to make this list of top-tier software coders? I think... That give us... Will, uh, uh, I think there's maybe like two ways to go about it. There's those who have built... Wait, uh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. I realize we're using the wrong music. Since it's uh, hot for coders, we gotta... Yeah! 69! Alright. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, so I, I like... had to do it. It was number 69. You gotta let me... We'll forgive you. Yeah. Alright. Go on. I feel like there's kind of two like two ways they could go about this. One, you've built something that's very substantial in the tech community and uh, used pretty widely, and it also influences other programmers. And then the other side of it is that you, uh, programmers who are very um, they 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 speak a lot, and with 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 the talks they give, uh, they become very influential through that. Is the other way to go about it? Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, why don't we, uh, did both, so both of you added people to this list. I actually couldn't think of... Did I add people? I don't know. That's a pretty big accusation. Okay. Well, um, why don't we just go through the list and, uh, and, and see why each of these people are really special to us, or at least Christian. Mostly Christian. Well, we're, we're a team, Tyler, and, uh... We're going to use all of these contributions together as a team and all take credit for Christian's work. So, um... Yeah. Just like that startup we did. Just like that startup we did. Hey, Tyler took credit for my work, and I took credit for I took for credit for finding the team. That's true. You got the 10% finder's fee. Exactly. And I stand by that. <laughs> okay. Um... So what, who is uh, this first person? Lewis Cowles. Cowles? Howls? I don't know. I guess this was a Tyler edition. It's kind nope. of funny since you just said you didn't remember adding anybody, and the first one on the list is his. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. Was it, was it yours, Eric? I didn't type this in. I didn't add it. What? <laughs> Next. Who's this guy? <laughs> Tyler, you had to have added this guy. Well, if I oh, did... Oh, wait, no. Hold on. Wait, you know what? Maybe maybe it was me because... um, But I forgot why. I'm not logged into Twitter on my phone, so I can't check Crap. what this guy said. I can't remember either. All right, maybe I added this and I can't remember. There, anyway. You're the worst. I would have linked to a tweet. I have no idea who that guy is. All right, uh, Brian Cantrell. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's that? <laughs> he is. Uh, we should. <laughs> he he is a uh, uh, professional loudmouth. Uh, like like uh, me. No, he, firing professional he follows us and gave mm -hmm. us feedback. That guy! <laughs> yeah. On Twitter. How did he end up on the, the thing? I don't know. Oh, you know what? Oh, maybe that's what... No, maybe that's what... It, I, I didn't type this in. <laughs> I, He's the guy that wrote the hate mail to us? Or not the, the critical... Feedback. Email? Feedback. Constructive criticism. Everything is hate mail. Why don't you like me? I'm just an artist. I'm very sensitive, okay? Yeah. Anyway, back to Brian Cantrell, though. Uh, so, professional loudmouth. He also is currently the CTO of Joint. Uh, Who? He... Brian Cantrell. No, I mean, sorry, what? He's the CTO of, of Joint. Joint? Joyent. Joyent? Yes. What's Joyent? They are bare metal cloud hosting using uh, originally Solaris zones and then eventually uh, containers. 
Okay. And uh, he shouldn't be on this list. What? He shouldn't be on this list. He, no, he should. This oh, is the okay. guy I'm talking about currently that you just removed. Um, well, you said that was the guy that gave us feedback. No, that was the other guy. Keep up, man. Come on. I am lost. Wow. Uh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, so Brian Cantrell. So he uh, uh, really came to, into his own at uh, Sun Systems when he was working on Solaris. Uh, he wrote Dtrace, which is like his big open source, well, eventually open source uh, contribution. And uh, as well as a few other things, uh, he was a huge uh, pr uh, promoter of Node.js when that first became a thing because uh, like Joint ended up becoming the governing body of the old school uh, Node.js. And uh, yeah, that's uh, Brian Cantrell in a nutshell. Oh, he also uh, did a lot of work with SmartOS and uh, I believe it was, uh, what was that sort of open source one that, uh, once, uh, oh, he's also hugely negative on Oracle, which is just fantastic. That is fantastic. I, yeah. Oracle is in... Yeah. They're, they're like uh, they're like the Koch brothers of tech. Billionaires that just do shit. They're more like the government of tech. They stick their dicks in things they shouldn't. No. I think Linus is kind of the government of tech, but he's a dictator. He's a benevolent dictator. We'll get to him at the end. Um, Brandon Gregg. So, Brandon Gregg worked with Brian Cantrell at uh, Solaris. He's now working at Netflix. At Sun, on sorry. Solaris. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Uh, he's now working at Netflix. He is, is he? their... Uh, Why don't you put Reed Hastings on here? He doesn't need a developer? I don't know. I don't, I don't know his name. That, that, that All right, whatever. Brandon Gregg, go on. But, so, uh, he's there with, like, a performance architect there. And uh, he's been uh, more most recently... He... Uh, has has the flame graph library for great visualization of uh, oh, resource profiles. Oh, I like that. I do. Yeah, I do like. And that. Uh, I love data. He is a, a big contributor to uh, something called BCC, which is the BPF Broward compiler. Community College. BPF compiler collection. Oh, right, right, right. I which lets that. us use eBPF. So uh, he's got a lot of influential talks. He's got a, a lot of influential talks about that. He's also got a lot on uh, how like uh, Netflix runs their stuff, both on their Edge stuff on BSD as well as their uh, core stuff on Amazon. Does he talk about how Netflix has given uh, content boxes to all the ISPs to be able to get around not having a backbone Others, or, like, near, or like major peering that, agreements that, with that's backbone his, providers? That's that's the Edge Network, so uh, oh, okay. others have gone into detail, but yeah, so those those BSD boxes. How do we get, so how do, do you want to like, do they have GitHub repos? We've got to plug them. Like, what's it, do we find them on Twitter? How do we get in contact? How do we read up on these people? Other so than Googling Bre them. Well, Brendan Gregg, I believe, on GitHub is Brendan Gregg. With three G's and Greg, G R E G G. Yes. Uh, Brian Cantrell. Uh, if you just go to like dtrace.org, he's got a blog there. All right, cool. Yep. Uh, moving on, Jess Frizzell. Mm -hmm. Or Jesse Frizzell, except I forget how to spell Jesse. With an E. Sure. Um. Probably with a J. <laughs> and an E. <laughs> Anyway, so she's uh, um, an, one who uh, definitely, with the talks, is very popular. Uh, she's got, uh, I'd say she got popular originally working for Docker, and she was at Mesosphere shortly, and then Google, and I think right now Microsoft. And uh, now she uh, she does a lot of work in just general security stuff, but for a while there, was like uh, containers, App Armor was a big thing for her. Uh, she worked on. Um, what is App Armor? It's a series of um, security. Uh, Basically, an ACL for uh, any processy, but uh, containers are in particular are popular. Ah, yep. And how do we get in touch with her? Uh, I believe she's like Jess Fraz on GitHub and Twitter. Cool. 
Uh, Ruff Cox. Russ Cox. Yep. That was a slip-up. <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right. Who's Ruff Cox? Russ Cox. <laughs> sounds like a porno name. <laughs> he, um... Uh, he, he worked with Rob Pike uh, early on in uh, uh, like uh, Plan 9, which was a Bell Labs project for an OS. And he is the current head honcho of Golang. Oh. Yep. Oh, so why do you like him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. He also... He's uh, doing some good things with Go. Yeah. Uh, he uh, g- gave a whole presentation on the Go 2, uh, our, uh, basically our Siri. And, uh, Go 2? It's pretty cool. Where? Huh. And like, you can find um, him on GitHub and Twitter as uh, un- as at underscore RSC. That's a good... That's a... Oh, wait. Underscores. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. Moving on. Rob Greismer? Yep. He also ha- ha- had a lot to do at Go. Uh, he was like one of the early uh, engineers on it. Uh, so he's at Google. Uh, but he also uh, does... Um, uh, a lot of uh, interesting stuff with uh, well mostly Go for sure he has a handful of talks and uh, he's uh, done a lot of work with Rob Pike as well okay <clears throat> um Solomon Hikes uh, he created Docker oh what did he use to create Docker was Docker written in C it was originally Python. Kubernetes. <laughs> Just change some well, variable names. <laughs> well, these days it's kind of true, but <laughs> uh, but originally uh, it was written in Python. He eventually moved it to Go. Oh, what does he have to say about the master-slave terminology? He doesn't get involved. That's ignorant. That's a cop out. If you're not, if you don't take a side, you're just as bad as the wrong answer. Anyway. Vote uh, die, motherfucker! Is he? Uh, do we? Can we call him Saul? Saul yeah, Hikes? Just Solomon. Solomon? Yeah. Sykes. Saul Hikes. It's Saul. S O L. Solomon. Oh he, come he, on. He's European. Yeah. Is he, uh, whatever. Uh, Tim Hawken. He was uh, the first engineer on Kubernetes. Okay. And uh, why do we care about him? Because he helped build a lot of what Kubernetes is. And what is he doing now? Still working at Google on Kubernetes. Oh, and how do we find him? He is T. Kubernetes. How do, so okay, so basically these people are just the principal authors of all of the tools that are that are behind the modern web, modern web infrastructure. Would you say a lot of them for sure? Some of them are also just uh, give a lot of talks. Like I'd say, uh, everyone on this list uh, so far gives uh, has given a good handful of talks that are uh, very significant. <laughs> and if you're trying to learn. Or be influenced in like the way of how to go about programming. I'm sorry, I just had a very immature thought. Um, okay. Nothing's new. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Joe Beta. He is one of the creators of Kubernetes, and uh, now I believe he's the. Uh, I forget if it's him or Craig McClucky who is the CEO of Heptio. Of what? Heptio. Is that where you get hepatitis in a startup? No. Uh, Hepio. Hepio. <laughs> Choose the hepatitis you'd like to have. <laughs> and then we'll mail you a needle to prick yourself with in six to ten days. They're subscription-based. <laughs> exactly. If you want every three months as your medicine runs out, just to make sure that you still have it. Um, now available in chewable metal ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a metal spike that'll also ruin your esophagus. Uh, let's see. Filippo Valsorda? Valsorda. 
Well, sort of. Well, sort of, yeah. Tell me the sort of. So, this guy, I believe he's Czech. Uh, he um, uh, got, Nate. got uh, po- uh, popular uh, through uh, working at Cloudflare. Uh, he, he does a lot of work with uh, crypto these days. Uh, Speaking of Cloudflare... I believe that the Pirate Bay is using them as a CDN. That's possible. I'm not going to say how I know that. But <laughs> I'm just telling you that I. it looks like they are. Which is kind of odd, because isn't there like some kind of transaction that had to take place? With some kind of like documentable oh, money transaction? Mm-hmm. There's like, a hash. The Cl- Cloudflare can't just kind of do CDNing for the Pirate Bay without knowing a person with a credit card and an ID attached, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't store the so credit card. Anyway, you're getting off topic. Let's stay well, on topic. Let, let's stay on topic. Okay. So, so Filippo Valsorda. Uh, yeah, he was uh, particularly really involved in CLS 1.3. Uh, oh, what's the current version? Uh, 1.3 was just uh, uh, approved two months ago. Why? Okay, 1.3, not 1.0. CLS stands for uh, Transport, Transport Layer Secure. Yep. It's a better. It's an improvement on SSL. I thought we were saying CLS. Nope. No. Uh, so That's just why... your CLS, t- Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I switched uh, to hymns, brah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, why do we care about him? Uh, uh, He's a, he gives he a lot of good talks. Uh, a lot of them... Uh, he also gets uh, uh, like... Uh, He's done some, some in like, uh, just talking about Seago, which is a very complex uh, topic of working with C in Go. Seago. And uh, he gets uh, very passionate. Like he, he gets very He gets very passionate. He gets very passionate. He gets very apache. Yeah. And it's very passionate about it. He gets very passionate about it. And yes, you know when you call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also oh. just like cryptography in general. Like, he, he knows a lot about cryptography. It's interesting. All right. Uh, they should have Mario case. You just have uh and then capitalize <laughs> the word after. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Graydon Hoare, that's H-O-A-R-E, not, uh, not Hua. He created Rust. Okay. What is Rust again? Rust is a functional language that, uh, ensures memory safety. Why use Without it? a garbage collector. Without a garbage collector? Do you have to manually garbage, uh, collect the, the compiler, the, the compiler does the, uh, checks for you to say you need to do this thing here. So isn't that garbage collection then? No. Hmm. The runtime. If the runtime did that, that would be garbage collection. Ah, so you have to. The compiler said tells you that you have to do it. And you yep. have to deallocate the memory yep. there. Yep. That's useful. What is Rust based on? Like, what? don't you? <laughs> what? What? Doesn't like. Well, no. I mean, in order to like, ha- when you when you make a programming language, you have to use. Another does it go to assembly? Language. It probably was written in C originally, and then it m- moved into writing, like, a, most compiled languages. Right, after you write the first bootstrap compiler, then you can write the compiler in the language. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roald Dahl, Ryan Dahl. Who's Ryan? He created Node.js. Oh, I should know him. Yeah. Where does he live? Does he live in Brooklyn? I don't know. We need to get him in a deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Upper East Side. But yeah, he was the guy who's like, he was, the, he was the guy like who who just sat there and was like, you know, what'd be dope, V8 plus libuv. Or by the way, we're at the ten year anniversary of V8. Wow, how crazy is that? Ten years of fast JavaScript. I'm glad I didn't have to make that joke. Okay, Bjorn Strostrup. Strostrup. He created C++. Is it Bjorn or Bjorn? Bjorn. 
spelt like that. There's yeah. no there's no umlaut. Nope. Really? Really. Is he from Sweden? I think so. There's no umlaut on the. Nope. I feel like there should be like an O with a line you, through you're it. You're missing the the, the 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 focal point here. Ooh, good metal band name, Doomlot. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, all right. So who is he? He uh, created C plus plus. Did he? Yeah. Wow. I should have known that. Just gotta work on it in your free time and stuff. Okay. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Along with, uh, I think, wasn't Dennis Ritchie on here? Did we? Did you take that off? Uh, I think he gets his own section. Oh, okay. Yeah. I figured that that would be Along a good one to Kringen. lead into, given you just talked about the guy who made C plus plus, the guy that made C, Dennis Ritchie. Do you well, want to talk about him out of order? Do you want to? Yeah, we can do that. Right. In fact, we can then circle back to. I've mentioned his name a few times, Rob Pike. After we go All through right. Dennis Ritchie and Brian Kernigan, does make good gefilte fish. So Bri Brian Ritchie and, and Brian Kernigan uh, created C. Also, like a which if are you look possibly at the, fir at the first the, manual, the, it, the, the the most influential software developers of the 20th century. Yeah, that's. Uh, so yeah. much of modern programming, even if it's in a different language, kind of forks from C at some point. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, so the original manual is called K&R-C, and that's because uh, Kernigan and Ritchie. Ah, uh, so these and why was it called C? Because there was a language called, called B. B that it was loosely based off of. There's also a language called D that is loosely based off and of there was C. And there's also C-sharp, which is not, but, it, <laughs> but yet still is. Was there an A? There is... There, it's only only first? uses underscores in white space, Tyler. No, empty space. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And to be fair, scheme is just parentheses. I mean, yeah. I mean, we could write programs in brain fuck. Chicken. That, God, that can't be a pa that can't be efficient. Chicken, 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 chicken. To... Chicken. Oh yeah. No, that's how you write white papers. Chicken. <laughs> buffalo, 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 buffalo. Oh, that one. Oh God, that hurts my head. But it's true. It's true. That's buffalo, why you, I buffalo, bet you can. Buffalo, I, there's got to be a buffalo, buffalo programming language where you can just be, be buffalo, buffalo parentheses <laughs> buffalo space B. I mean, you know about <laughs> semicolon buffalo. Semicolon <laughs> buffalo dot in <laughs> percent buffalo. That'd be great. Um, okay, uh, James Gosling isn't he an actor? That's Ryan. <laughs> no, James Ryan. James Gosling created Java. He shouldn't be on this list. <laughs> Think about how many things we are written in Java. At, we need to come after him with a pitchfork. <laughs> Think of how many things are written in Java, though. All the things that I try to forget. <laughs> like Tizen Studio, written in <laughs> Java. In fact, Tizen Studio required... This is one reason why I, I fucking hate Java. And I can actually really exp express myself, now that I've had a drink. Uh, I need it To get Tizen Studio to run, you need a specific update of a specific version of Java. You know how awful that is? That That's just... That's Samsung's fault, but that's terrible. Is that Samsung's fault? <laughs> what yeah. the Samsung. fuck APIs did they need that didn't become available in later versions of Java? <laughs> that they need to display lists and form fields in their fucking Java windows? Seriously. Even, you don't even have... The biggest failure of Java is it doesn't even use... It can't even abstract the native... The, the system call... System API call to do the uh, open file dialog. They have to use the one that's native that's written in Java. That's not which true. always sucks. Oh, you mean in Java. Yes, in a Java program, if you, it allows you to open a file, there's a Java open file picker. Yeah. Rather than the system one. 
And the Java one sucks. Well, the Java one calls the system one. It doesn't call the system one, it uses the Java one. It might call the API to read the file from the system, but it doesn't use the navigator you, in the system itself. Okay, there's a miscommunication there, but it does, under the hood, use the exact same open file syscall. Yes, I get that. Open file syscall, not the navigator open file dialog. Oh, I see what you're saying, okay. You're, you're, Which sucks. Even on Windows, Windows and Linux and Mac OS, native open dialog, dial, uh, dialog boxes oh. are so much more intuitive than the shitty oh. one from Java where you can't even autocomplete right. your pads. Well, let's you... move on. I forgot to circle back to Rob Pike, though. I'm sorry. Who then worked with uh, the, the C guys along with the, a lot of the Go guys I mentioned earlier to create the Unix. Oh. And then from Unix... Wait, he worked with the Go guys to create Unix well, so in a lot the of, 70s? So a lot of the early Go guys... Uh, were originally. How old are they now? Like sixty? Yeah. A uh, so a lot of a lot of the uh, uh, guys who created Go were uh, either originally on Plan Nine or like Rob Pike, who was on Unix. Like Rob Pike was like a uh, uh, um, PhD student at the time working with uh, Kernigan, and then uh, from there uh, he got to work on Plan Nine at Bell Labs, which never really took off. But that was supposed to be like, uh, think of like a lot of the principles of Golang applied to an OS. So that's where like a lot of Go Go's ideas come from. Is actually this OS huh. that was applied to Unix, where it's like uh, a lot of things were going to be sockets. That way, like I'll, I'll, instead of like ha like running into issues with concurrent access to files, you're communicating over these files. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we talked about. Uh, how about Eric Evans? He uh, wrote the uh, domain-driven design book. Oh. I, uh, I feel like I should have read that. It's more of like a coding a design book. No, I know. It's a systems like... design book. Yeah. But I still need to... I'm a senior software developer. I should <laughs> know this stuff. You know? Yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, he... I gotta, I gotta do some kind of educational reading <laughs> after all. He definitely, I'd say, has influenced a lot of programmers and like the way that they structure their code and the way they structure their systems and okay. applications. And I added one. Uh, you know, it's It's odd. Uh, I've been writing code since I was 13 years old, but I never, like, latched on to people. I obviously knew the big guys like Dennis Ritchie, but I never latched on to individual developers for some reason, except for people who are on the original Macintosh team. I have insane reverence for them. One of them is H Andy Hertzfeld. He's responsible for creating Andy. the Macintosh boot ROM and a lot of the, uh, and basically the Macintosh environment. And... And he was moved into Digital Magic? General Magic. General Magic. Where he basically made the... Pioneered tons of stuff on the on the UX and UI side of things. Basically kind of like a... What what a smartphone is today with a touchscreen. And, and he pioneered... And I believe he created the drop... Uh, the the pull-down menu. He might have. And he also created um, movable emojis. They had that in 1992 and 1993. He was working on that. There you go. Um, so he created the, the Super time. Terminal... The first 80-column card terminal for the Apple II. Uh, and uh, his high school, and he recruited his high school friend, Susan Kerr, who ended up uh, creating all the icons for the original Macintosh. So he is, uh, he is extremely influential in the modern software world, or at least in the Apple software world. And uh, he was in that, in that awful Steve Jobs movie uh, by uh, Aaron Sorkin. Was that 2013 or 2015? 2015. Was that the... He was uh, he was portrayed by Michael Stuhlberg. Stuhlberg. I don't know. Was was that the That 70s Show one or the other one? <laughs> <laughs> that was the other one. The David one that we Kelso. saw with, uh, with Steven. 
I saw that with you. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no. no this we was, saw it with this, you. This was post Tyler. Yeah. This was right at like the week, like the one of the three weeks between when you quit and when I quit. Oh, I only saw the that seventy show one. I think I, I'm pretty sure I quit the week after we saw the movie. There was Sounds no right. pranking involved. Oh, no one got punked. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, Andy Hertzfeld now works for Google. Huh. Yep. Yeah. He created Google Plus. He's one which, of the big guys on it. Did he create it? Well. He's, he was a principal on it. Yeah. And he was the key designer. There we go. Um, he, he's one of the foremost UI developers. Uh, and, and one of the first UI developers. Outside of the people that worked at Xerox Park. Excuse me. Um, and of course, on my list of favorite software developers is uh, you, Chris. Aww. Aww. And I'll tell you why. Oh. Our stage manager left. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. This is a. Uh, this is not. I know that all of the other people uh, on this list have had real ramifications in the world of software t uh, development, but you, Chris, uh, have had major ramifications in my personal world of software development. Because if it weren't for you, and basically you alone, and I don't say this, there are very few individuals who have changed the course of my life. You are unfortunately one of them. You <laughs> cocksucker. And I have to give you this credit. That if it weren't for you, dragged me kicking and screaming into the world of modern web design, and forced me to become a bigger person and a better developer, generally. And that uh, for Aww. someone who is arrogant as I am, who thought he was hot shit when he was living in Pittsburgh four years ago. In fact, that's, well, that, that's just logic there. <laughs> I mean, he said the moment he said the word Pittsburgh, you yeah, should be like, wait, throwing a rock no. in the air and hoping it's gonna fly. No, <laughs> no, but I, I really, I, you know, I thought uh, I was really, I was real, even in New Haven, but also New Haven, who, who lives there. Uh, <laughs> you've really made it to the top of the tech ladder. You've made your way. I have, and, and, it's, and it's because, and, no, and it's because it really is because of you. And Aww. your dickishness, and your fucking arrogance, and the way that you were able to just chop off my dick. <laughs> metaphorically. Hibachi style. Yes. <laughs> and you forced me to learn React, and you forced me to do things that I didn't want to do because I understood that they were better, but I didn't know how to do them. Uh, so you were real, in my heart, you were a real major software developer who Aww. belongs on this list along with all these other people. Aww. And when you become really famous in 20 years, I hope we're still friends. <laughs> Because I will need to mooch off you for something. <laughs> More than paper Hey, towels. we're still doing the podcast. You want to like us? Oh, I stopped doing that 15 years ago. Yeah, I know. It's Tyler and Tyler's kids. and uh... <laughs> We're teaching Tyler's kids to code in Python. It's really fun. Uh... <laughs> but we have to save the best for last, which is the be-all and end-all of software developers, the person who, after 50 years on this planet, has only recently realized how much of an asshole he is. That's right, Linus Torvalds, the creator of Linux, which actually did not exist when I was born or when Tyler was born, in 1991. Oh, wait, what? We were all we were older yeah, yeah. than Linux. Just by a little bit. Ah. Uh, that's tough. <laughs> Linux, I mean, my sister was born in 92. She's younger than Linux. The Cold War ended before Linux came out. <laughs> Roger Waters had that shitty concert at the wall without Pink Floyd before Linux came out. In and David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff took down that wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christian, 
Why don't you tell us why Linux belongs on this list? Sure. Uh, Other than obviously creating Linux and being uh, the best pull request reviewer in the, the world. Oh, he's fantastic at pull request reviews. But so he wrote Linux when he was uh, in, in college uh, in Finland and uh, ended up using Usenix to get it uh, really popular. What and is Usenix? It's one of those old school message boards that you had to dial into a particular modem to access. And, like a BBS. Yeah. BBS, exactly. There we go. I was trying to think of the term. Yeah. And um, so uh, that, that's where it got popular, and it just started to really take off. And um, after a certain point, like most programmers, I, th I think, when their projects get, uh, live long enough, he had to stop coding, but then he still reviews almost every single pull request. How does and he have the time he, he, he cuts every release. He I, I, I think cuts the releases? Well, I guess well, the kernel he, he, come he, out He's like, it. okay, here's release candidate one, two, three. Okay, th this is stable. Here's the new release. I mean, it's only fitting that, that he does. Um, what, what is, I mean, how does he make money? Uh, the Linux Foundation basically pays him. Did he create the Linux Foundation? No. Okay. But he they just basically pay him? Yeah. He's like the Stephen Hawking of Linux minus the disabilities. Yep. I mean, he probably has Asperger's, but we all do. We're, it's, it's called Spectrum for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on it. Um, let's see. Linus actually finally, like last week, really realized how big of an asshole he is, and he's taking a step back from developing Linux. Uh, in a mailing list message on two Sundays ago, he admitted his, quote, flippant attacks and emails, and we've read a few of his recent pull request comments. To fellow Linux programmers and, and project contributors have, quote, been both unprofessional and uncalled for. Maybe he's going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> Especially at times when I made it personal. I know this was not okay, and I am truly sorry. Christian, I need one of those from you. <laughs> well, am I going to have to wait uh, another I'm, 25 years to get this I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm far from 50 <laughs> That's right what now. those nice words were for. Uh, I, I'm far from 50 right now. Hey, remember when I was a dick for you with, the, with you for 30 years? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> it took me going to the moon and back to realize it, but I, I did it. Um, he says he needs a break to get help on how differently and fix some issues in his tooling and workflow. Hmm. What is... Uh... He actually... Uh, so this was the part at the end that I really appreciated. Well, I appreciated in the, fan, in the way that I, I, mean, I, I found funny. He uh, is asserting that uh, automation will help him come off as uh, a nicer person. Because he won't have to review as many things and get personally involved? Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Well, actually, so uh, I know of companies who are like, uh, they have a, a bot actually post reviews for pull requests instead of having put a, like, a, uh, like a name to the uh, comment. What? What do you mean? That, so it's anonymous? Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's, fu it's funny because... Um, oh, my, my mixer's misbehaving again. Hmm. Don't do that! <laughs> Stop it! Why is it? I stupid! Oh my god! All of the, the all of the automation modes on all of the tracks that we're recording have changed from right to touch without me touching <laughs> fucking logic. Can you explain this to me? How the automation modes while we're recording the show change without touching the fucking computer? Can you explain that to me, please? Automation, man. It's literally automated. <laughs> You're using logic. <laughs> oh my god. I fucking hate you, logic. Should we, uh... Well, we're almost... 
two, three. Okay, still there. Okay, so um, where are we going? Oh, yeah, automation. No, uh, back to last night. Uh, we heard about the drummer for Wolfpack, the guy I keep talking about, Theo Katzman, who also plays guitar and basically does everything that I would want to do as a musician. Like John Mulaney does his comedy. Hmm. Like, I can't be a stand-up comedian because John Mulaney exists and is extremely successful. I can't become a musician. Oh, he's just new Jerry Seinfeld. Theo, well. ha- Theo Katzman is who I want to be. <laughs> and uh, he was talking about how they created a robot that could play the trumpet. But it sounds like an eighth grader who just like fi- just started playing the trumpet, so doesn't really have good intonation. And he said, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. But have you heard of Dizzy Gillespie? Oh! I have. Not so many people laughed at that. It's gotta be, it's gotta be, I don't know. I don't know how it feels to be in an extremely successful band, but then you make a joke and it doesn't land very well. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I might not be in the, in the popular opinion here, but I'm not for robots, because why would you need robots to do this? And that's not what robots would be doing. Hmm. We wouldn't have robots playing funk music. However, I have seen... They'd be playing jazz, obviously. <laughs> Smooth jazz, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I have seen like a whole concert hall of musicians all playing keyboards that are synthesizing different instruments. That's cool. That's like the opposite of robots playing trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's humans playing robots. It's humans playing robots, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Anybody else? Tyler, you've been really silent. Anyone you want to put on this list? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody inspires you in the world of software? Not even Chris or myself? Mm. No one in this room. No one gets a sliver of the Tyler Dinner Gold. Yeah, some people do. Some people that have been yelling at you for many years to help mm-hmm. you improve the quality of the software that you write. Yeah, you two are sweet. Aww, there we go. You two are good. Totally wasn't reaching. Worley's good. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Jay Worley, he's got great stuff. Uh, Wells is great. I don't know what he's on on YouTube. Or on GitHub. Okay. <laughs> and everyone that works on Super I post, all my, I post all my code to YouTube. <laughs> you should see the comments I get. Everyone that works on... Uh... actually worse than GitHub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just it, like a slow scroll to code. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that could... I can totally see that. And it reads it. You have like a text speech engine just reading it to you. That's great. Function, do this, parentheses, X, close parentheses, space, curly brace, new line. Basically. Hello, world. Oh, it doesn't read parentheses. I know, because you wouldn't say parentheses. Hello, world. Oh. Oh, well. I tried. All right. Well, I've got, I've got, you have a choice. For our last story for the night, you can have you can we can talk about a, secu- a security guard who became viral because he filmed all of his farts for six months and then posted them on YouTube. Ramen heist. Or we talk about how thieves stole a hundred thousand dollars in ramen noodles in Georgia. There you go. All right. Now I'm hungry. <clears throat> Ramen's not good for you. You should not be eating it. What about like real ramen? Well, I real I mean, if real ramen is real noodles, then it's probably fine. But I don't know, like the top ramen is probably the stuff that comes compressed in that package. Yeah, that's not... The flavor stuff is not good for you. But the heist occurred outside a Chevron gas station in Fayetteville, Georgia, sometime between uh, July 25th and August 1st. The 53-foot trailer parked in the area contained a large shipment of ramen, excuse me, 
which the truck's driver, uh, the truck's driver estimates, estimates were, it was worth about $98,000. Depending on the brand, that means the Convenience Food Bandits, oh, that's their name, <laughs> Quickie, Quickie Mart Bandits, stole anywhere between 200000 and 500000 noodle packs, which is still under that amount, still under a dollar a pack. <laughs> it's $100,000 with 500,000 noodle packs. <laughs> Some outlets have connected the truck jacking to a recent string of vehicle-related robberies, but the Fayette County Sheriff's Office told somebody that these reports are inaccurate. Any potential suspects there was way less have ramen. yet to be revealed. <laughs> the outlaws joined the list of thieves who have stolen food items in bulk... Some of the most ambitious food heists have centered on a thousand pounds, eleven thousand pounds of Nutella, with uh, seventy-five thousand dollars worth of soup and six thousand dollars che- six thousand cheesecakes. Six thousand cheesecakes! Wow, that's good eating. That's yeah. <laughs> tell me about. I almost, I almost need to figure out who stole, <laughs> who done it, who did it. How do you, six thousand? Because they're perishable, you know. Like that ain't easy. Search the county for the biggest freezer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 6,000 cheesecakes. Uh, I want to know uh, where it is. Like, what happened with this 6,000? Uh, uh, on December 26, 2009, truck driver Gary LaSalle left his big rig and refrigerated trailer parked near Orlando International Airport, of course, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> With a group of similar delivery trucks, he took the keys with him but left the cooling unit running on the trailer, uh, which he would be delivering to North Carolina in the morning. When he returned the next day, his $50,000 truck, the $120,000 trailer and its contents, $6,000 6, cheesecakes valued at $40,000, <laughs> were all gone. The police investigation is still ongoing, <laughs> but the cheesecakes have probably been eaten. So... Oh pretty sad but if they're going from orlando to north carolina how good could those cheesecakes be it's not it's not good from orlando to north carolina this is episode number 69 yeah and And we're done today is springsteen's 69th birthday he's 69 (laughs) wow yeah wow that's funny that is i uh i'm working on the soundtrack to the bruce springsteen video game where he fucks his way from new york to philadelphia through new jersey (laughs) that's a rape song all night long i don't know if it's nothing it's says it's not it's okay, i guess like statutory rape maybe. it's called i'm on fire mm-hmm, i'm on fire Tell me now, baby going to you what he do to you the things that i do mm-hmm. if Can't a girl said that to a guy that's fire. a rape song are you kidding me no I'm glad that we didn't say rape. He didn't say end. what he'd do to you anything that's not consensual. <laughs> Come on. It's implied. No, no, it's not. It's like, baby, it's cold outside. No, no, no that, that is a that, rape that song. That is a rape song. How, that, is, how is I'm on fire not a rape song? Because all right, anyway, it looks good to me. God. Looks all right. Why don't we at the this end is, of this? This is rougher than seeing you trying to get into the theater last night asking the people 400 questions. Where's, where's my seats? I have, I have 24, 26, 28, okay, 30. Look, Which one's closer to the aisle? Oh, you want to be closer yes. to the aisle? Well, actually, I, I, I don't have to. I want to be closer to the show. Oh, I don't have to get up with people there. Oh, where's where's the drinks? Can I go to the bathroom? Oh, my God. Like, I just need to get in. Uh, can you tell me which one of the things are going to set off the metal detector? Oh, my God. I told the lady after that, like, you don't have to tolerate him. Like, it's time to move along. 
<laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the problem is, is that we were in section number three. You walk into the venue, there's a door with a giant number three above it. That's not section three. That's door number three in a different section. Okay? Okay. There's a method to my madness, No, Tyler. no there's not. <laughs> there's right. not. You're madder than a hatter. Well, why don't we... So we've reached the end of 69 pull requests. Excellent. Christian, do you approve this one? Looks good to me. Tyler, how about you? Yeah. Well, then why don't... Oh, how about our wonderful studio audience? Yes. Beautiful. Well, then let's all hit merge. And we'll see you next week, hopefully right here on Pull Request. This has been a Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on Pull Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Volpec. Visit them at vulfpeck.com.